It's been so long. It feels like a, it's been a month since we've done an episode, I, I and I think it has close. been. It's, been, it's really been close. close. We um, welcome to Third Man Eight, everybody. Uh, it is two men in today. Uh, I am Mike Hickey. I am joined by it's Chuck. Uh, Tr isn't here right now. We were trying. We we did the thing where like we've been trying to kind of get the three of us together, but schedules. Have been nuts. We had this state of emergency here in St. John's because of a stupid snowstorm that so shut that was, the city that's, down. That's ten days there. That, that was, was yeah. That, that was, was ten to twelve days where you just were we were stuck inside and and just like trying to catch up on other things as well as um you know like Tr is playing senior hockey still. He got a hat trick last week. I saw that. Um, uh, was that la- oh, that was this week? No, it was, it was like, like Sunday night. It was like yes, Saturday yeah. or Sunday. But um, but yeah. So he's he's playing. So it's just like it's really hard for us and and. and because of the, like you know for our different schedules and stuff like that I know for me I've just been swamped playing it's weird it was 8 days of a state of emergency and it feels like I've spent like 15 trying to like catch up on everything I mm. missed in that 8 days and it's so weird but we're here, and we figured, fuck it, we're going to do an episode anyway. Hello, um, welcome yeah, back. So, hello, uh, thanks for tuning in, um, and uh, thank you to those of you who stuck around for the last minute after we said DR wasn't here, because uh. <laughs> I know, like, if we look online, the retention rate just drops as soon as uh, as soon as we're like, TR's not here today, and everyone bails. Um, we also is, don't there, have... is there a way for any of these people to watch TR in the Senior League online? Do they have any streaming I don't services? think they stream anything, no. I'm no, not sure. I think they, bad. I don't know if some of them might do uh like uh radio, radio stuff oh, okay. maybe i don't know it depends um but i'm not sure um i should ask him we should he's usually here yeah he's usually here for us <laughs> to ask and he'd say no but yeah. i mean we um because i mean senior hockey in the province has up and been up and down the last couple years anyway so it's like some consistent stuff Tumulus like that. is how i, I would think describe the cataracts it. and gander flyers are having their like first game of the year this oh, weekend or really? something yeah because they they had like a delayed start and all that kind of stuff i know tr is in clarenville or he's on the way to clarenville he's right clarenville now today. Yeah, yeah. yeah i thought he was i think he was at cbs last night clarenville today yeah, yeah could be uh cbn maybe i thought it was cbn last night um one of it one i think is the i end. think it's s was it no cbn i think you're right it's yeah, CBN. I, yeah. Thought, I thought yeah. so because i think i think he got a goal last night yeah. too i mean he's lighting up this year he's having yeah. a, he's having a real resurgence and we're happy he's, for him yeah exactly he was he was a bit worried this time last year i believe he, yeah, he I think a, I don't think he was getting the numbers he wanted, but this yeah. year he's like he's coming out in a big way, so I'm happy for him. It's, it's great. Jason Spezza style. Oh yeah, he'd no, probably be mad if he was sitting right next to me if I compared him to Jason Spezza. <laughs> I don't think uh, so. <laughs> if um, anyone was at our live, he probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are uh, here on a Saturday afternoon. Chuck is slurping coffee. He got me a mocha. Uh, oh so yeah. Uh, I had a sip of that on the way in, eh? I don't know how you. I don't know how you put that in your. I don't know how you do that. I, I haven't in a long time. Which oh. is for whatever. I already had a coffee this morning, and I was okay. just kind of like, I want something a little different now. And so you were. I was, they were, I was just about to put the lid on it, and I was like, this looks intriguing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's kind of like half hot chocolate, half coffee. And I found so it was a little little bit chalky for my taste. It is a little. It's a little bit this chalky. One, this one is, but right. I mean, sometimes you get them, they're a little bit richer, oh, a little nicer. If, but if the, looks, if we're, the, not, <laughs> we're not saying where you got it. <laughs> Because yeah, I don't want to badmouth this particular if establishment. The teenager that made that is listening. You fucked yeah. up, <laughs> man. I thought I thought like I thought the rule was we don't chirp teenagers between December twenty sixth or between January fourth and December twenty sixth each year. You just like leave the teenagers alone because you yell at them so much oh, in that yeah. two week window. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, man, it's warm down here. Okay, so we are here uh, recording. We are going to talk about some stuff. We don't have a guest today. Again, we just wanted to kind of get one out because it's been so long. Um, There's a lot to catch up on in the hockey world. There is, and and the longer we go, the, the longer it is. So mm-hmm. we figured that we'd do one of those, like me and Chuck, just talk about a bunch of shit that we don't really have any more authority to talk about than anybody else. But for some reason, you guys listen, so here we are. Um, so... 
a few things have happened. Um, like a, well, a lot of things have happened since. But why, you know, we probably should have made a list. Like we've done that before, where we make we've, a list to go through. I, I think we, we should probably start at the All Star Game because the last episode we did was it was leading into All Star Weekend. I think there was a week. I think we had like a week where we were going to talk about the All Star yeah. Game next week, and then yeah. that and then that it never, never happened. Came, happened. I watched through. it all this year. I watched the entire thing. I got to yep. tell you how this went down. Okay. So, uh, the All Star Game weekend. Was that during the weekend of the state of emergency or it was, after? I, I believe it was, it was the Saturday. I think it was the day that the state of emergency was lifted, lifted. was the day yeah. of the All-Star game. Yeah. Because we walked over to a friend's place That's when it Friday was. It was night. Lifted. It was lifted that Saturday because the skills comp was the last night of being kind of barred yeah. in. Uh, so I was like, well, what else am I possibly going to do? Yeah, yeah. Day eight. Uh, what else am I possibly going to do? So I watched, and I usually watch a little bit of the Skulls Comp every year. Mm -hmm. I watched it, and I was entertained from from start to finish. I wasn't entertained from start to finish. You weren't. What? what when did you drop off? Um, I didn't. I kind of came and went. Um, oh, okay. I, okay. I, I I watched the whole thing, um, with the exception. I think like I we left we left here and walked over to a friend's place. Okay. And so I missed the walking portion of it, but um, I don't think I missed much in that in that sense. Um. You know, there's parts of it that I really enjoy. I thought the women's game was phenomenal. Yeah, it was, and the, the goaltending in that was the yeah. entire time I was watching that. I was like, I mean, wasn't oh, it? Wasn't is there it a loophole to get one of these on the Leafs? Like, is there a loophole it, to get yeah, either yeah. of these players? On there's the no Leafs? loophole. They could just sign them. Could they, like, there's I'm nothing sure, stopping them. I'm sure there's something there. Is there? Is, I'm yeah. I'm I don't maybe maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, Manuel Rayon. Yeah, it was a preseason game, though. Yeah, but it does like it's still signing uh, somebody. I don't see uh, how you know. But anyway, not the point. Uh, I think it was two to one. I think was the final of the you know Canada one, which is great. But then the thing that I that really bugged me, and it's and it's the thing that always bugs me with the All Star Game is because they always try to do a bunch of gimmicky shit. Yeah. And that shoot from the stands thing. Oh, you didn't like that? I, I there was parts of it I enjoyed. A couple things. I thought a it was really anticlimactic. Like I thought we were still gonna have like. Some sort, something else happened on the ice. After Fireworks that. and like you know, <sighs> well, no, monster was, truck. No, but like you know, like I was still th like I forgot that they don't do a straight like shootout competition. It's just that like saves thing, and it's just, yeah, you know. So there's a couple things like that 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 I kind of was thinking were, were going to happen and and whatever. But to me, I found that that particular event with the way it was set up where there was the big thing in the middle that was the most points so obviously that's yeah. what everyone's aiming well, that, for that's, uh, it was also set up so like you could shoot in it but still miss it somehow i still don't know what happened to marner because as far as i could tell marner won yeah I, there was I, one I, that went clear in the center and unless they were showing an unannounced replay on tv he he won the first round well i, but, I think what what it, like i think a lot of it is like the laser technology and stuff just but that's the thing probably it's, it's kind of horseshit right but the other but the thing about it is that to me i think like remember last year or the year before they have like they've done like some really stupid um like obstacle course or like relays or something like that yeah the, yeah to me that works as part of a relay it works as it works as part of a team relay where it starts with a guy um shooting from the top and the team, the guy on the ice can't start to skate until he gets it in a smaller and, target, yeah, okay. and then they go. That, and like it's part of that. Like that to me could work, but it just was like these guys shooting at these fucking giant. Like it's just it was so, just it, it was it was very obviously the first year they had tried yeah. it, and there's a lot of kinks. I thought the accuracy thing with the fucking screen was stupid. Yeah, well, because, that, yeah, like, we'll it was never, so glitchy. We're It'll never, never we're never I, gonna see that again. I think Roberto Luongo was the one who tweeted out. It's like guys, you know, like maybe next year they should try something. 
Like styrofoam. You know, just like, you know, styrofoam targets. Like maybe something like that. Make, uh, here's something. Do they make styrofoam anymore? Yeah. Do they? I, yeah. haven't, I haven't seen it in like 10 years. I got styrofoam insulation in the house. Oh. Like, I mean, there's all kinds, you know. You okay. Can, I, I, just, I, I, I don't know. I haven't, like, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I bought a new computer recently, and that's usually the only time I see styrofoam is when it's packaged. And they use that compressed. It's like, um, it's packaged pr- now with like, like the microfiber stuff. Like that's the like, egg carton kind of shit. Well, no, it's like the... Uh, it's like black and almost like old recycled materials compressed together. It's okay. very yeah. And I was like, and because like I used to, I used to hate getting styrofoam because it's it fucks up a bag, like it fucks up a garbage bag. Yeah. Like it, it just fucks. Anyway, we're way off bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Anyway, but that's what they could be using styrofoam. For. Uh, well, obviously, yes. The big arc was almost like watching a bunch of people drunk trying to play darts in a shed that don't know the rules of darts. So yeah. they're just throwing for the bullseye and never, you know what I mean? I was watching, I was like, oh, you know, it's for the, fa- it's, it's you know, this is all for the big show of the fans and it's in St. Louis and the arches and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot like going to like a shed party where there's a dart board yeah. and nobody knows how to play darts. And I'm guilty of doing that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, darts. no, I, I don't yeah. want to play darts and, I, and stuff. But, but still, it was it that. Was, it was, but, but going back to the accuracy thing again, too, I think the accurate, like the thing that didn't get, I didn't understand about the accuracy was like all they were doing was putting like, you know, the guy's name yeah. up in a thing and his number and how many all-star games. Like that's all information you can put on a screen. Yeah. And also like if you were going to, if you were going to try to like make that, um, you know, if you were going to try to like make that something kind of fun and use it and like or you advertising, know, you know, like Matthew Kachuk gets in there and it's Zach Cassian's face comes up on one of the things like shit like that makes it kind of fun. And, you know, there's there's ways to play around with it if they're moving or whatever. But at the end of the day, the guy in the ECHL All-Star game or AHL All-Star AHL. game, AHL All-Star game. No, it was ECHL All-Star Game was where the guy set the record for the accuracy. AHL oh, was where he did it for slap shot. the slap shot. So the ECHL All-Star Game, the dude did it in like 2.5 seconds. Wow. And the thing is, is to me, that's like the hardest shot where that's something where if it was just consistent over the years, it'd be fun to keep a record on hmm. because they keep fucking around with it. They can't do it. Well, how do you, what about, uh, there's stuff like there's a part of the All-Star Game where like I watch the All-Star Game out of kind of a sense of tradition. Uh-huh. And so I would like it if the NHL also felt the same sense of tradition about the fucking All-Star Game. Here's you one know, of, I get, one of my I get favorite, what they're trying to do, but still. And also, one of my favorite takes I've yeah. gotten. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who said it to me. But anyway, I, I, I was talking to somebody like two or three days after I'd watched the All-Star Game and the, the skills comp. And I was like, yeah, I watched the All-Star Game this year. And they just cut me off. They're like. You know what? Stop! I'm not even going to listen to all the things that you that that you feel would fix it when it's not your job to fix. Type thing. Yeah. And I just I was like, "Damn, dude, you're kind of right." But okay, let's acknowledge that. Yeah. That's right. Ten minutes into a podcast it's, it's where we like, do exactly that. Yeah, and that's uh, he literally. I don't remember. It might have been my brother. I can't remember who it was. All those storm days just blur into one another. Oh yeah. No, might I have mean, been myself in a mirror while ch- like shaving one half of my face. It's yeah. It, the whole thing is just. It, I enjoyed the game though. I enjoyed I, I the, the, you know, the actual game. So what happened is uh, the game was Saturday night. I yeah. went out to my favorite watering hole that was open for the first night in a while, the Duke of Duckworth. Yeah, they had the game on the background, and it caught my mind a few times. I said okay, and then Sunday morning I got up super early. I went uh, to my my gym, and I went home, and I was like. You know what? I've got nothing to do but prep for a week, so I turned it on and watched like all 
four hours of coverage of yeah. it from start to finish, and I was like, eh, this was actually good. Yeah, no, it is. I, I like the three-on-three tournament style. I, I like all that I stuff. I don't like the, uh, in the All-Star Skills Comp, I don't like the goalie format, where they're like, hey, no. it's the shootout breakaway streak. Yeah. It's got to be a funner way to get the goalies involved. I would like to see the goalies trying to do some sort of accurate thing with dumping the puck down the ice. I, that was one of it. That was one of the things last year, when they had that really oh, weird was relay, it, yeah. one of and, them was like, one of them was the goalie goal. There was yeah, a target and they had to shoot from the far I, end. See, I, I like that. Like, yeah, I yeah. would like to, because it's like, okay, cool. But like, I don't remember who won. I don't know if it was Freddie or the guy in Washington. Holpe won it. But like. What, this year? Yeah, the Binner. breakaway thing. Binner. Oh, Binner won it, yeah, did yeah. he? There was, there was one where it was like four or five shots were wide. And I'm like, does that count? It, it does. I guess it's all, it's, it's any the goalie, only thing the goalie's it, yeah, given them, that's, I guess. That's the thing is any goalie will tell you that you missing the net counts because it means that they that's didn't give you any net to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, geez, goalies would pump their own tires like that. I can't believe well, it. Who else's job is to pump their tires? <laughs> it's definitely not Roberto Lolongo's to pump Tim Thomas's. It's the other way around. Was it? Yeah, it was the other way around. Roberto Longo was saying, "I don't hear him pumping my tires." Um, no, it was. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was Tim Thomas uh, saying, "I don't hear Roberto Longo pumping my tires." No, it was Tim Thomas saying, "I don't know if it's my job to pump his tires." Hmm. I I'm didn't gonna think throw, was, I'm going to throw a flag on the field. We'll right. look that up. I'm going to look that up while you continue to mispronounce Roberto Longo's name. I, I I'll never be able to get it, man. I'll ne- I could meet him. He could walk in that door, and I'd say his name wrong. I'd just be like, "Yeah, I, I can't." Uh, Timo Solani could never say Macalini. He, he couldn't say Curtis Macalini's last name. And they were teammates for about two or three years. So anyway, the media got like kind of got a hold of it, and he, he, he would just butcher his name, just butcher yeah. it. So they'd be like, uh, Timo, who's in net tonight? Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> he would only use his first name. He'd, after a while, he got wise to it, and he'd be like, Curtis. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it was Tim Thomas said it. About um, about um, Roberto Luongo. I didn't realize. Yeah. It was my, I didn't realize it was my job to pump his tires. So I am right. You are wrong. Yeah, thought so. I yeah. thought so. Because yeah, why'd you throw a flag on the play if you knew I was right? Oh, you were right, sir. Yes, I'm right. Who the fuck was? Why were Vancouver people chanting "pump his tires"? Then because it's such you know it's it just became a long running fucking joke. Okay, it's the whole thing is um uh. Anyway, that that final yeah, was dumb. Yeah, no, no, let's let's get like, that's that, a great uh, final. It was uh, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Luongo had a, a critique of a, a goal Thomas allowed in Game Five, which the Canucks went on to win, putting the team one victory away from winning the, the franchise's first Stanley Cup. The next day, Luongo tried to explain his comments. I said um, also that he might make some saves that I don't. So I was just saying that on a particular play, I would have played that different, and that's the difference between me and him. Um, I've been t- pumping his tires ever since we started the ser- series, and I haven't heard one nice thing he had to say about me. So that's okay. the way it is. And, resp- and Thomas responded back, I guess I didn't realize it was my job to pump Jesus. his tires. I, You know what? I had that completely backwards yep, for you 10 did, years. And I knew it was right, because which one of us is a Bruins fan Fair. and would remember that series better? Ten, 10 years I've been calling uh, Tim Thomas a sook over that one. It was... No, it was Lalongo. Yeah, it was Lalongo all along. Am I doing it right? Lalongo? No, there's only one L in his name. Lalongo? Longo? Luongo. Luongo. That I think right. That's right. Roberto <laughs> Luongo. L- Roberto Lalong. No. You're never going to do it. But so all three people still listening here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that happened. Uh, but also we kind of alluded to the, um, the, the Cassian 
Kachuk oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. situation, and it blew oh, up God. in a way. And I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's hard for us to talk about because we want to have Tr to weigh in on on this particular thing. Um, because I, I I think me you and I have very differing opinions on this. Everyone think okay. Everyone thinks I'm anti fighting in the NHL, and. A- bugs me everybody gets in my mentions they listen to this and people who listen and follow me on twitter I, I don't know i don't know if like four people count as everybody well like <laughs> there's a lot of them there's more than four i'd say there's probably less than 10 or 12 but there's definitely like half yeah, dozen sometimes you make it sound as like it's well, like yeah it's like fuck chuck is trending or something no and it's like well no five, but like a bunch like of people. people think i'm anti-fighting in the nhl i am not i'm not anti-fighting i think that the players should be allowed to police the thing police the ice however i'm so done with this moronic like gentleman's game within a game and like you know that whole narrative to me is like okay i'm gonna take a nap and when you're done with this i'll wake up listen he went out right away to chuck did like i said he would like i said he would he went out in the first shift and told cassian i want to fight you and then cassian's like all right, but we're not going on this shift, and you've got to drop your gloves first. And I'm like, what? What is this? What? What? Where? Are, like, is this the fucking Scottish rule of golf here? No, but 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 um. Ah, anyway, I, I, here's here's the thing. There's there's a couple things that have happened. Um, you have gone peaked on Cherry uh, on this so far. You've mispronounced Roberto oh Luongo's God. name, and you also said like I said he would. Well, I did, um, and everyone anyway. thought it was crazy. Everyone's like, no, he's never gonna fight. He's nothing but a turtle. The dude turtled because the back of his head was getting blown in by like I turtle too. He couldn't get his, like the, the, what he turtled. The dude had him ragdolled and was like like demolition axe or smash on the back of his skull. What's he my, supposed my, to do? See, now my, my issue with this is, is the way this breaks down yeah. is, is that Kachuk throws that hit. It's the second, the second of such in the game. Yeah. And it's actually the, three hits in the game. On, on Cassian yeah, like that? Yeah. I've only ever seen three, the highlights for two. Three massive. The second one was the dirty one. The third one where Cassian went bananas was clean. The second one, honestly, the second anyway, one. Anyway, that's yeah. not the fucking point. The point is, is that if it's two or three times that he does this to the same guy, the fact that he seems so shocked to get repercussions at the time and was like, oh, no, I wasn't ready for him to beat the shit out of me. That's that's a little bit bullshit. I'll call it a little bit bullshit on that. The, him stepping up and actually fighting in the next game. Um, so it, why is Cassian dishing rules out to him? He says, all right, we're going to go. And he's like. Hang on now. We're not going on this shift. First off, where what what is the precise source in which you, you have this? Zach Cassian in the TSN after comments. Okay, cool. You can get a video of it. All right, cool. No, I, like, just, yeah, I, I told him I'm not going on this shift, and he has to drop his gloves first. And I'm like... I understand him saying you got to drop your gloves. Like, if he comes up to him and says... Because the thing is, is look at what happened with, like, Ben and... Um, Oh, who was it? It was like Jamie Ben and somebody a couple weeks ago, where it's like, you know, where Ben like Ben ducked him on the offside. Uh, they had an offside face off, and Ben like kind of goes with him, and just as he's getting ready to go, Ben takes off around, and then they score a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. But that's the thing is, I understand Cassian saying like, um, I understand Cassian saying like, you're dropping your gloves, sir. I'm not dropping my gloves until you drop your gloves. Okay. That I get. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, to what, me, what is your fucking problem with that? Because I just, I'm tired of this weird fucking narrative that like, 
There's no, all, but, but no, but but I just what I don't understand about this is we've been doing this podcast for a fucking year. Yeah. And and the thing that I don't understand is that there's times where you're like, no, this guy just came up and he suckered him out of nowhere and he wasn't ready, blah, blah, blah. And then there's other times you're like, I didn't like him, you know, saying, Oh, I gotta wait till you drop your gloves. And like, you don't you don't seem to like it when people so for three weeks. When, when, I, don't, three I, don't, weeks. I don't I don't you don't like it when people just like impromptu fight or impromptu just get into no, something. My favorite. You also don't like it when they ju- when they seem to like plan something in advance or like work out, we're gonna do this now. Actually, wait a second when I'm ready. I, but you're not. But your profile, so, I just don't understand. So my favorite is actually when there's two players in a game yeah. going back and forth, and then a fight happens not before a fucking face-off or after a face-off. Mm-hmm. Or anything, just happens and play interrupts. Yeah. That, to me, is prime. That's You're doing, that is perfect. Two, you almost just said you're doing the Lord's work. I saw you start to say it and stop. Two. Okay. Two after that. Yeah. I am not one of these, and I and like you can come after me. I'm one of those. Like, oh, there's a code. Get that out of here. Get it. Fucking bury that shit six feet, and then put another two feet on it. There's no code anymore. You've got fellas on opposite teams working out all the time with one another's in the summer. You've got the same I think fucking that was agents. The case though. definitely not. Back in uh, Brian Killer's book. He talks about that if you were in the AHL, like he spent most of his career, and you were walking on the street, and a dude on the opposite team who might have been your teammate was on the same street, the dude with the least amount of years in the league would cross the fucking street. I mean... Yeah, but anyway, but, let but, me finish. But, no, you but, you but, went on your big fucking thing. No, no, let no, me no, finish I'll, here because you're trying to. Let me put an aside into that. Um, but if you're talking about a guy who is a bit more of a, a known enforcer and goon, I think that a a code amongst that is a little bit different than just a general. You don't fucking headhunt a guy a couple for a couple shifts and then get shocked when he wants to. You fight know you. what? Okay, Continue, you know why? I don't think he was headhunting him for a couple of shifts. One, I'll, I'll say this: after a dirty hit. You should be prepared to yeah. defend yourself. Zach Hyman tried to fucking paralyze Jacob Truba on Wednesday night. Truba got up, amazingly, and he beat the fucking living tar out of him, mm-hmm. as he should. The third to Chuck hit was clean. It was a fine hit. Anyway, aside from all of that, uh-huh. the only reason the code exists or ex- still exists is people are hanging on to it, but it was there in a time where, look, the reason the code is dead t- to me anyway, and, and you can fucking flame me or whatever you want, 15, 20 years ago, if this had happened, you know what happens under the code? Milan Lucic goes over to Zach Cassian during yeah. the warm-up and they're chatting. He says, you know what? I'm here to pay the tab. I'm yeah. here. I'm here. We're going to, my coach is putting me on the starting, like I'm, yeah. I'm on the start and you're going to be on the start and I'm here to pay the tab. It's my job yeah. to fight you now. That's, that hasn't been the NHL for a very long time. So the fact that but, Zach Cassian gets to okay. stand up and say, well, you know, I told him that uh, we're going to do this by, it's like he's fucking Evander Holyfield or something. And Zach Cassian's a good player. Zach, I don't think he's a good player in, in what the contract they just gave out to him, but he's definitely an NHLer. He's not just some sort of goon that's on the fourth line with a fucking lip packed waiting to go out for his four minutes a night to fight anybody. But I just feel that that part of the game is a part of the past. It's as, it's as old as stand-up style goalies. It's just so anyone who's holding on to that. I, I, yeah, I No, and I, I okay, I, I'll concede... Your point of view on it that like I I but here here's my argument to it. Mm-hmm. I think that in a lot of situations, exactly what you're talking about, go over and warm up, 
kind of like, you know, get on the blue line next to each other as you're doing your stretch and you work out this fucking plan. And then you go and Milan Lucic fights Cassian or whatever. But I think that when, I think that what's changed about that is that the way the game is kind of changed, the way the game has drifted away from that type of, of rule is that in a time when that sort of thing existed, because of the way the game was played and the way that kind of violence was in the game, a guy like Matthew Kachuk wouldn't pull the shit that he tries to pull now. And that's the difference. Is a guy of his caliber wouldn't, you know, because because it was more, no, no, because it was, I think it was more of an open season. When you're well, about in the era you're talking about, I think it was more of an open season, and somebody like Kachuk just couldn't get away with the shit that he pulls today. There's a lot and of rats that, back and that, then. There's, no, there's, there's a lot, lot of rats. rats. There's they a didn't lot of fight. rats. Yeah. I can think of like three guys who were probably some of the dirtiest players in the '90s, and I can't think of a single. I can't think of Darius Kasparaitis being in a single fight. Fuck, he almost murdered Eric Lindros in one of the dirtiest blinds. You know, uh, who, Eric Lindros, Darius, Darius Kasparaitis. Look it up. Yeah. He celebrates it like a goal. He knocks Lindros clean out by jumping and taking his dome off, and then he goes to the bench and celebrates like he scored a goal. Nobody fought like and, and Darius Kasparaitis wasn't a big dude. But like, I mean, but what we think about is like Claude Lemieux. Like Claude Lemieux. Well, Claude Lemieux fought. What's that? Did Claude, he? Because yeah. I only ever remember seeing his gloves wrapped around his helmet and watching his number ups, uh, name and number upside down. Well, he That's all he, I ever remember about he, Claude Lemieux. He didn't fight. He didn't fight with like the biggest cheap shot he had on Chris Draper. He didn't fight there. No, like, he didn't. Well, he was he was mobbed. No, but that's the thing is like but he's mobbed my, for that shit. But but that's my beef. My, you know. my beef on this entire Kachuk Cassian thing. Also, you're doing it with Kachuk too. The T is silent. Kachuk. Kachuk. Okay. The phonetic spelling hour with Mike here today. Well, it's just it's, okay. It's just, with 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 Matt, with Matthew. Yeah. My biggest beef on that was like, guys, you know, look, Bertuzzi and Steve Moore was how many years ago now? Fifteen? No, that was um, two thousand four, five. No, it was not. It no? was two thousand. Actually, yeah, it might have been. It might have been later because I was going to say no. It was earlier than that. But I, I was still in high school, so it was like two thousand and three or four. Yeah, or uh, no, because because I remember there being a big conversation of outrage about stuff, and I was thinking it was that. But I actually, in hindsight, I think it was the McSorley thing. Is what oh. I'm thinking of. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was because that was also that fucking was the, uh, horrid. The, well, yeah, that was worse than the. Anyway, I'm not going to say what was worse or what, but the way that the wagons had circled, and I, and I knew, I knew that like, okay, he is going to drop the gloves. He's going to, I, I guarantee you his brother phoned him and said, you're going to have to do this. His, his, his dad phoned him, said, you're going to have to do this. He's, he was going to drop the gloves. I didn't for a second. You had people showing up to the games. And, March 8th, 2004 was the I, Yeah. So you had, uh, you had people showing up in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costumes, which I thought was hilarious, but kind of sad because they only got like one shift out of the novelty of that. Yeah. Uh, but the, the way the hype train got on like the way and and there was a game so the big game where everyone fought including the goalies uh was the second time after yeah, yeah. the whole yeah it so was, they was, had they had a Wednesday so night game and, and a Saturday night same, game and so anyway when, yeah. when all of this was going on I remember the Bertuzzi incident it wasn't the first game after they played again it was the second yeah. and it was the same style of the format and I'm like guys did we learn anything from having this like 
battle hymn being played in the background while we're hyping up these games? Did we learn absolutely anything in 15 years? Everyone wanted to see, look, I, I don't think anybody got hurt in that second game when they all went there. No. And I am, look, one of my favorite hockey fights of all time, and you might you, you might have to Google it, it's Evander Kane and Simone Dupre. And Simone Dupre, I believe, uh, it, it, it started when play was going on, but there's a great, a great snap in the middle of the fight where both guys have ridiculous smiles on their faces. And that's one of my favorite hockey fights of all time. It was one of these games where Evander Kane was going around doing what Evander Kane does, getting under people's skins, and I guess that Simone Dupre... A fella who's been up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down in the lineup. hes I don't think he ever held on to any tenure in the NHL. Said, you know what? I'm going to step in here. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to fight this guy. So he fights him. And the two of them meet. I think it was just outside of center ice. They have a pretty good scrap. It's nothing to write home about. But that's, that's still, and I'll see if I can dig it up, they both have giant smiles on their faces. And... That's a hockey fight to me. Spending three weeks uh, hyping everything up in the media and like all of these rules and game within a game and all that. To me, if if that's your thing, fine. I'm not gonna. But I just don't see the point anymore in that. I I feel that's. I won't say archaic. I just feel it's a little bit obsolete. I think it's it's everything progresses and that's a, a lot of that has been left behind. And I don't understand. And like. If you really got to fight and say like, yeah, that's the, the definition of always sounding off saying that's old school. Well, you're, you're already proving that you're, you're, you've lost this. It's old school. It's old school for a reason. It's old school because it's gone away. Yeah. But I think, I think that there are, I, I think that for one thing, there's people who like old school. There's, you know, things, there things, is, things are cyclical and things come back. And just because something fell out of favor doesn't mean it, it needed to or should stay out of favor. Um, and, and I think that there's always going to be some flux in that regard. Um, but, and, and you know, like, the, the game is totally different. It, it's completely different than it has been. I think that... Um, as things go, I think there's a better and worse scenario coming out of it. I think that fights st- like will always need to be part of hockey because Same. I think there's a level of policing. I think that right now, more than anything, it's not that something's old school and wrong or something's whatever. I, I think never, that, I never once said it was wrong. No, 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 that, no. But yeah, okay. that's, I'm not speaking. Right. I'm not speaking directly to you as much all as right. I am to the hypothetical and, and, okay. and all. But I, I don't think that one's necessarily like uh, right or wrong. I think that right now, more than anything, we are still in the flux. Of move, we're still in the transition period of moving from that era to hockey to a new era, and it's trying to figure out just exactly where that the fighting and and um and the code and all this kind of stuff is going to settle as 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 the game moves forward. And I think it's trying to find that right now, and that's why you still have guys that are playing, um, you know, going by the kind of older rules and guys that are like, well, that's not the way it is anymore. And right now, there's that there's that contention and conflict, and that's where I think the problem's coming. But you know, it's 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 one of those things. I think it's always going to be part of the game. I think you're going to have one or two of these a year. It used to be that you got five or six of well, these that's, a year, yeah, and that's fair too. And, it, it and is, so it is, I think no matter know. what happens, you're going to have. And and you know what? The thing is, is that game, the 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 latter game where the Oilers beat the shit out of the Flames and there was a goalie fight and all that. It was a great game. It was a great game. And and right now, I think that season series is 3-1 to for Calgary 
But the Edmonton Oilers feel a lot better about it well, at the moment, you know? Yeah, and um, well, Calgary's trying to... I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I'd like to see them make the they're playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're, uh, where are they sitting to right now? They're, they're in a playoff spot yeah. without the wild card. Oh, okay. That, conver- so, yeah, that conference I, I, is a gong show. Oh. Right now, the fucking... The Vancouver Canucks... Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. The Vancouver Canucks are first place in the Pacific with like 65 Who points. fell off? Somebody fell off after New Year's. Was it Phoenix? Did Phoenix like, fall I off think a Phoenix, cliff? I yeah. think Phoenix fell off and they're trying to move Taylor up. Hall. I thought, but, I thought um, that Calgary fell off. No, they, no they've right. all they've all, like, they've all been yeah. kind of holding... like Calgary is far beyond last year's... Far below last year's production in terms of uh, points, but they're, they're still in a playoff spot. They're in like second or third. And um, the thing about all that is... Actually, I've got the standings right here, so let me just fucking check and tell you. Okay. But... The thing that's kind of fucked up about this is that right now, um, Philly isn't in a playoff spot with 65 points. Right now, the Vancouver Canucks are in first place. 58? <laughs> with 65 points. Oh, okay. Uh, in the Pacific Division. Calgary actually has dropped off. I didn't realize this. They are currently um, out of a playoff spot. Yeah, I thought so. They are out of a playoff spot with 60 points. Yeah, I thought they dropped so off. But Arizona fell off a fucking cliff, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 so right now, um, right now, Arizona is still ahead of Calgary by one point. But they are like two, five, and three in their last ten, um, and Calgary is four, five, and one in their last ten. Um, so they're, you know, they're I, I, pretty uh, neck and neck in the first two. No, they are. They're they're in the first two wildcard it's, spots. It's, so Calgary is in a wildcard spot at the moment, but and they are two points back of Edmonton. Concussions are serious business. Concussions and post-concussion syndrome had a huge effect on my career. Whether you're a player, a concerned parent, a coach, a risk manager, or an executive, they're a major area of concern. HeadCheck Health has developed software and services that improve the way concussions are assessed, tracked, and managed at all levels of sport. Their goal is to create a safer environment of play by giving better tools to the individuals responsible for documenting and assessing concussions and providing better data to administrators to make real health and safety improvements. HeadCheck currently works with organizations across the country like the Canadian Junior Hockey League, BC Hockey, Rugby Ontario, the Western Lacrosse Association, and more to advance their concussion management practices. If you're interested in learning more how HeadCheck can help your team or organization, please visit HeadCheckHealth.com or email info at HeadCheckHealth.com. That's HeadCheckHealth.com or info at HeadCheckHealth.com and tell them TR sent you. It's, it's funny, like... I feel bad for anyone who is a fan of the Metro Division because it is always a gauntlet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly is, what, 65, and they're out of the wild card right, right now? Right now, they're out that of the wild card with 65. They're tied with Carolina, though. And yeah, and Carolina's also in the Met. Yeah. Like, that. that is a gauntlet of... And you've got a gauntlet of stars over there, too. You've got Ovi. You've got Sid. You've got uh, Ovi. You've got... <laughs> Um, and but I mean, like the, the other thing to keep in mind in terms of like the division is that and we'll we'll parlay this into another conversation is that right now, Toronto uh-huh. is in third place in the Atlantic. Uh-huh. They've got a point on Florida and six points on Montreal. It's not going to keep. It's not. Uh, it's not. There's going to be some flux there. I, I got to tell you, the third, the third, and the because uh, I mean the the wild card, both wild card spots are likely going to go to the Met. It's February 8th, and I'd love to be wrong. I would absolutely love to be wrong. I just see the Leafs running out of track here. I don't see them making it. I see them running out of track. It, it, it feel, it's so funny. I, I can equate this to last year 
um, I was telling everybody that the Habs were going to be fine. I was like, no, they're going to make it. They're going to yeah. be fine. And all of my friends who were Habs fans were like, actually, no, that that bad start and dropping games we should have won. I think last year, Ottawa swept the season series against the Sens. They yeah. were like, it, it, we're just going to run out of track. And sure enough, three games left of the year, they ran out of track. I just don't, like last night the Leafs played. Um, <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, yeah. how much I love where you're at right now in terms of like each game watching your meltdown on Twitter. Oh, oh <laughs> like, Jesus. I mean, it's, it's, well, I was going to say, I, I had, a, I had a, uh, an incredibly normal one and air quotes around normal yeah. there, folks. Anaheim Ducks, one of the worst teams right now in the league. Yeah. One of the worst teams in the league. Like, uh, like, you got to think our own Newfoundland Growlers. They are, they are have, in second last place. Yeah, so in, the Newfoundland Growlers have won like, Every game but two on the year in the ECHL. Yeah. Got to think they would give the Anaheim Ducks a bit of a run for their money. Got to right think it now, would be they are the fourth. They are the fourth from bottom team. Yeah, have they got like sixteen wins? Twenty twenty two. Oh wow, better than I had thought. Yeah. Anyhow, should have been in my opinion. The lowest hanging fruit. That should have been a juicy coconut ready to fall off a tree and hit you in the head, and there's a bottle of rum to pour right into it. Yeah, We're up 3-1 going into the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, my God, the wheels didn't just come off the bus, man. The bus, like, the suspension and the chassis of that bus just came crumbling down. Now, and, and it's 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 a lot of things. Now, but, but here's the here's one thing to there's there's one thing to keep in mind in all this. What's that? The Ducks, despite their record, yeah, are five, three, and two. Okay. Um they've they're they've lost in overtime in their last two games. They are um as much as they've been bad all season, they're mm-hmm. they're on a little bit of like on a this little is, bit of a rush. They're yeah. on a little bit of a like things aren't as bad as it has been up to this point stage. And so that's the thing is when you hit a team, when you have a team that's been as consi- inconsistently mediocre as the Maple Leafs, um, a team like the the Ducks, who's bad but can go on a, like, you know, who, who are bad this year but are, you know, a team that, like, you know, I let's just look, their goal differential is in 26 losses, their goal differential is... About twenty six goals. That's so that's they're fine. losing. They're losing a lot of one and two goal games. Yeah. And so as much as you want to say, oh, they're yeah, their record they're minus twenty eight. So even though they've lost, <laughs> no, but they lost twenty six games, seven of which were they lost in overtime, or sorry, uh, twenty six and seven. So they've lost thirty three games all year. They're minus twenty eight, which means that they're losing a lot of close games. Mm. So. Um, that's a team that that does stay competitive. They kind of that's, run out of steam, and, and and last night's kind of indicative of well, that. It's more indicative of a Ducks loss than a Leafs win. Well, f- yeah, f- fair. Dial it back to last Saturday, the Ottawa Senators. Oh yeah, man. and again we're we're going like we're up, and then we're going to overtime. But isn't that the game where Freddie got hurt? No, no, he got hurt in full New York. New okay. York Rangers right. hurt uh, hurt Freddie. But and then again, like it's it's like boys, this is the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. I. I honestly feel our ECHL affiliate could, I'm not going to say dummy them. They'd put them on the ropes. They'd put them on the ropes. And I'm just thinking like, well, there's no way this is sustainable. What happens when you, Florida, Florida, like they were up four, four, one in Florida and Mm -hmm. they just got 
urgency came from another team and they got embarrassed. And I just think they're going to run out of track. Tonight in Montreal, I can almost promise you it will be a, a beatdown for the Habs. I can just see... Well, one, Ilya Kovalchuk always puts up numbers against my teams. He always does, whether it's Canada or... It's a personal thing, like he knows. I that. think so, yeah. <laughs> I think he knows how mad I got when he did that uh, weird thing in the juniors. Uh, I don't know, like, Jesus, yeah. like 20 years ago. But he always, Ilya Kovalchuk, like, if you want to go out and buy a... Well, this is useless. I don't know. What time is it right now? It's 3, three o'clock. o'clock. If... if Mike, if you want to leave when we're done here and buy a pro line with Kovalchuk getting a hat trick, you might make a couple hundred bucks or something. I don't know how pro lines work, but uh, if you want to bet online that Kovalchuk's going to get a hat trick, you might make a hundred bucks or something. I would right. bet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I can just see it coming. Also, Kovalchuk's a great story. Like this year, his his what he's Do doing in Montreal. You think they move? Um, I saw I saw somebody post today, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been you for fuck's sakes. Talk about how like. It would be a solid move if they moved him and then re-signed him in the offseason. Like put put him out somewhere as a rental and yeah, then and the then old, get him the back. Old, the old Mark Recky. <laughs> no, but but I mean it's one of those things that like he clearly likes it in Montreal and it's and and they like him there, but it's a lost cause this season. So well, like so like maybe they try to do something, get some picks because because uh, again, I don't know if I've mentioned this, that team needs to buy in on their fucking rebuild. Can't do it. Can't do it until you get rid of either Shea or, or Carey. No, you got to get rid of Carey Price and yeah. like oh, that's, that's Shea great. Weber. I'm not worried about well, Shea Weber having having an older guy wearing the C is fine in the middle of, of a rebuild. I'm okay with it. Other than fair. the only person that's probably not okay with it is Shea Weber, who's wasting what could be his last year as a rental somewhere to go win a fucking cup. I think he's done for the year. I think he's, he's I think he's hurt again. He's hurt. I don't know if he's done for the year, but um, I, I think. I can't remember the report. But. I think they're going to LTIR him into oblivion. Same thing with Carey Price. I think that's the only way they get out from these guys. I think I, they're just going to... I think I, Carey Price, it's all kinds of people that are like, oh, his hips are shot. His hips are shot. He needs hip surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe he does. Maybe I don't know where people and are... And I mean, s- I know we joked around about the Colorado thing. I think if it, was, if it was any team except Colorado in the position that Colorado was in, I think that deal's done already. But I think that there's a, a part of Bergevin who knows the riots in the streets of Montreal if he moves Carey Price to the Colorado Avalanche. You know what, I don't think there would be. I, I, you know, I think, I think, no, two, I think two, there's, two years ago, I think there would have been. I think right now... No, I think I think there's... I mean, Colorado is in second place in the Central behind St. Louis, who are up by six points. Um, they're on a two-game winning streak right now. They're 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Um as of as of this recording, all this has changed because tonight's Saturday. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch There's of fucking like hockey. There's like twenty games tonight. Yeah, all this is all this is going to be way different. But but the thing is, is that as much as I still think Colorado is is the destination for Carey Price, if it's not Colorado, because I think that as much as like you want to say, the people in Montreal don't feel the same way about Carey Price right now as they did two years ago. I think even with that said, there is still a we're not shipping off our another like. Yeah. Best goaltender yeah. in Fran- one well, of the best goaltenders in franchise history to the Colorado Avalanche when they're on the precipice well, of yeah. a Stanley Cup. That, that, you know what? They, no, like I, they I, just I'm, they just couldn't like as much as as much as it's the only place that makes sense, and they're probably the only team that would actually bite at the deal that would need to happen. There's, there's no way in hell that I, you that, know what? That, I think times have kind of changed with that, and I think a lot of people in Montreal would really, really like to see Carey with it. Carey Price is on a list of guys that I would, if unless they're playing yeah. my team, I cannot cheer against if they're going for a cup. Yeah. He is, he is not like there's Sid Crosby, 
Carey Price is another one of them. Mm-hmm. Ovi is one for me. I just can't. If Joe if, Thornton wins a cup. I'm going to be quite Thornton happy. Joe Thornton is a big guy I'm for me. I'm going to be quite happy. If they're going and they're not, you know, impeding in, in, in the Leafs land, mm-hmm. if they're not going against the Leafs, uh, that's one of those guys that I would love to see do it. And I think that Montreal right now where they are is most of the fans – like the actual people that follow 82 games and they're, they, yeah. which very common in Montreal, they fucking eat, sleep, breathe, and digest that stuff. Understand that, okay, a retool is not going to work, a rebuild is. But I think it's a job security thing for Bergevin. I think if you have to ship out the two contracts, the yeah. two biggest contracts you signed in, in Subban mm-hmm. and Price, yeah. Well, why didn't we ship you out? Yeah, I, I think I think it's kind of a job. Like it's kind I, of a, like it's an admission of failure. Yeah, yeah. I, one one of the most clever things I've heard recently. I can't remember who said it. It was on Twitter. Somebody added me um, when I was talking about the term of a contract. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't like the term on this. And they were like, well, it's six years. It's four of them might be under this GM. Yeah, at least two of them, which are the problematic ones. Yeah. There's somebody, somebody else's else problem. problem. Yeah. Somebody, and like, I was, for whatever reason, I just never got to that bridge before. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, if you give, uh, if you give somebody in the off season this summer, six years or eight years or yeah. seven years, it's like, chances are the first four are the only ones you're worried about. Yeah. You're not resigning. You're not, you're not the one worrying about the You're not the worrying about the seven. I, you know, how many GMs stick around for longer than six years now? Now, I'd say it's like 50-50 shot. You got to want to cop in there or at least be competitive for six years. <sighs> I mean, Sweeney's been with the Bruins for a while. Mm. Um, I mean, Poyle's been with uh, with uh, Nashville for since like day one. Burge has got Burge has got six years punched over the, there. The thing that that's one though that I that's the one I don't get is like I don't understand how of, he's been. One of my buddies he, broke he's it down. Some, he's somebody who's been on the chopping block. Is like this is a GM that's gonna go any minute. One like of, the entire his entire time well, in Montreal. One of one of my buddies uh, breaks it into two tenures. He's like think of it as like a. a, a uh, the the system in America with the presidents where yeah. you got two terms. It's yeah. like, so term one was compete. Term one was like when they had Toharski and they were almost winning. The, you know, they were a couple yeah. of wins away from the cup final. It's like that. That's term one. Term yeah. one is compete. And then they said, okay, well, we've got a rebuild here. And ownership just elected him for term two. So it's two separate. And, no, and, and you know what? That's sort of fair. I thought that was such a galaxy brain thing when I heard it. But I was like, hey, he's, you know, he's got a point. No, it does make sense that like, okay, we brought you in for the team to compete. Yeah. And now and now all the guys that, that we kind of gave you, that you kind of inherited, all, all, this, all the moves that you could make within that, we tried that for a few years. That's falling apart. Now we'll give you a little bit of time for a rebuild. And it's just not as much time because obviously there's a click a ticking clock with this sort of thing. Oh. But um but yeah, I think again, I think that um and people in Montreal can tell me. Um, you know, there's probably some Montreal fans that listen to the show. I don't know if they still do once we say TR's not here yeah. this week. But if anybody I, is I think people still listen to us ramble on. Um I yeah, sometimes it's just really hard to like find something else yeah. to, you know, it's like running across the room to hit the button. But um <laughs> it's like ah, it's all the way over there but um if anybody is listening and, and you're in montreal and you're a montreal fan um would you guys be open to carry price going to the colorado avalanche because again i think it's the only move i think um, a lot of that is return based i don't think anybody in montreal is going to want to move a pick to shed that contract i think that's no i don't think i don't think what why does colorado want picks for I think Colorado is giving up prospects and picks in exchange for price. 
That's possible. That is because that's the thing is Colorado is a now team. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, Colorado is like must win now. And um, the thing is, like, they've had also, they've had good goaltending all year. Yeah. But but as much as they've had good goaltending all year, that's not to say that their goaltending couldn't be a couldn't be slightly better. And Carey Price being that guy would help them. I mean, if we're looking at their team stats, like if I'm just going to the stats right now. Yeah. You've got two goaltenders who have let in 151 say, goals this year. I, I would got say Grubauer save, and Francois. I'd, I'd say their save percentages are better than Carey's this year. Uh, 924, 910. Yeah, look at Carey's. I, I think Carey is boasting around a nine a point nine oh four. Oh yeah, no, for yeah, sure. I, but I, I mean, think, but I mean, well, again, we're we're talking about Carey Price. We're talking about like the thing is, is that as much as you want to talk about. Um, Oh, sorry, I'm on the, still on the Colorado Avalanche page. Um, as much as you want to talk about Carey Price and his stats this year, um, the thing you got to realize is that we're still talking about his stats this year. He actually has a 9-12. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. So up, he is in between those two guys. Yeah. So in, in that scenario, he has a higher save percentage than Grubauer. I tell you what. But Grubauer's played more games. Everyone's talking about how, how slow... This uh, this trade deadline is going to be like, and and by everyone I mean like people like Pierre LeBron, Thirty One Thoughts podcast yeah. brings you know not yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. Uh, people who are more connected than me uh, are talking about how slow this trade deadline is going to be. Mm-hmm. That would be something that takes it even if there's like twelve trades, but one of them is Carey Price yeah. gets moved. Yeah, yeah, that would be one for the books. I think I, I don't know because I, I mean I, the other thing is like no one's really talking about him as trade bait. Because no one expects him to move. No, well, that's exactly it. I, I, I still what I so when I close my eyes, I can I can see Carey Price wearing different uniforms. When I close my eyes, I could see Carey Price in a Colorado Avalanche uniform. I can also see him in a New York Rangers uniform. For whatever reason, I can see it. Like when when I boil my brain down to a chum and the electrical signals that are going on in there. When I close my eyes, those are the two jerseys. I can see him donning at some point in his career. Uh, With the Rangers goaltending situation, um, everyone's been going on and on about uh, Alexander Gorgiev, which is funny because I can nail saying his name, but uh, Roberto can't do it. Gorgiev's not going anywhere. Uh, No, because I think Hank Lundquist is going to retire. Yeah, no, I and, think and, I, I just I get the feeling and that, that like no, but that's the thing is I think and I think for that reason Kreider's not going anywhere. The Bruins, the Bruins are all over Kreider. Yeah. Like it's all I see in my timeline is they're like, are we going to get Kreider? And if not, are we going to move on to Foley? Um, but I think that they are anticipating. Yeah. Um, Lundqvist retiring. Yeah. The keys going to Gorgiev. And then, and then all of a sudden, I it's think not, Igor is the starter there, though. I think I think Gorgiev stays in the background. I think Igor. I'm not even going to Sustinchkin. But anyway, but but still, I think that Hank retiring is their is their rebuild, and it's and it's one of those things where you know a couple guys go, okay, is is this is this massive change? Like, do do they want to go back to zero, or do they want to keep the pieces like hmm. Kreider there? I mean, they they went big on Panarin last yeah, year, I, so I they're obviously not trying to completely run everybody out of town. I think with Hank. He's one of those guys like a Nick Lidstrom or a Steve Eiserman. When he can't be competitive or at the level of standard in which he was for the 15 years of his career, being like a top 10 in the league guy, mm-hmm. he's just going to hang it up. And I think he's there now. I think it's like, you know what? I'm not even in the top 20 of the league in terms of a goaltender. Mm-hmm. I think this is it for me. I think it's done. And so all, I don't know, like all month, um, he was linked, Gorgiev was linked to the Leafs. 
And uh, everyone's, like, favorite punching bag in Leafsland is uh, Darren Drager on the Twitter because he... He's, you know, he's Darren Drager. Well. But beside the fact of that, he would he, he would keep, you know, speaking to Rangers people and asking, you know, is it, would Kapanen for a backup goalie do it? Kapanen's having a bad year. Would Kapanen for a backup goalie get it done? And the Rangers source he had would said no. Mm-hmm. So he said, I jokingly asked, would Rasmus Sandin yeah, get it done, and he said no. So everyone absolutely like pitchforks and 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 fire bombs and everything mm-hmm. in his timeline. But I was like, huh, you know, I bet they know that Hank is done at the end of the year, and that's why they're saying no. Yeah, because if you think about it. Okay, Rasmus Sandin is undeniably going to be a, a, a presence in the NHL. Look at the Rangers back end, man. They got a lot of guys back there that they've, they've, that there's a logjam back there. Tony D'Angelo has found a renaissance. He's playing like uh, an incredible, incredible season, despite you know him being Tony D'Angelo. And then there's a who else is back there? That Brady Shea guy, Victor Foss is a defenseman, I believe. Like they've got a lot of people back there. So Rasmus Sandin, it's like you know, but but the question the question becomes is whether or not the Rangers are selling because if the Rangers are selling, yeah. then they, well, D'Angelo's they out of town. You think so? I think I, I think if they're making moves, D'Angelo's got to be part of it. I think they're judging by what he's done this season. You you kind of got to hold on to that completely. I I, I think. I mean, the Rangers aren't that far removed from, you know, they're not that far removed from 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 uh, being a playoff competition team here. They're not far that removed from making it. Had Lundqvist kind of not played. The other thing is that, is that D'Angelo is a uh, RFA this summer. Oh, yeah, he is too, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He's going to get a raise wherever he's, you know. Yeah, and so that's the thing is right now. He's probably got arbitration rights at this point too. He's been um, in the league for a long time, so. He's 24. I don't mm, maybe see. Not, yeah, I don't, no, maybe not, though. Yeah, no, I don't see the little. Um, yeah, no, maybe not. I don't see all those little signifiers on, on, caps, he, on cap, cap friendly. He's he, 24 no, no. years old. I don't. Um, he's currently making 925. Jesus. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, nine hundred twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I was cr- like, uh, is this making nine million? No, no, no. Fuck, Jesus what did Christ! That he's not on his entry level anymore. But no, he, no. he's not. He, so he's I think he, I think he does have arbitration rights. Um, because I, uh, I made a pitch, I think, to somebody on Twitter last week that like I'm still kind of up in the air on whether how serious I am about it. But um, I made the pitch where you swap uh, D'Angelo and Charlie McAvoy. Ooh, ah, hmm. Then Charlie McAvoy got his first goal of the season, and the whole team just yeah. lost their collective shit. And then, I, I, and then it was one of those things where, like, me as a Bruins fan, I was like, I could live with that trade. Sure, and sure. but then I saw the way the team reacted when he finally scored, and went, maybe this guy means a little too much to these guys. Well, because I mean, the other thing is like McAvoy still their point, their their minutes leader. Yeah. At this point, of I the like season. Charlie McAvoy a lot. I, I don't know if I do that. I don't know. If you take away what McAvoy does on that back end, but yeah. add Tony D'Angelo's offensive flair to it, are you really a better team? Well, the thing is, is like if you compare the numbers, yeah, they're like you know compare their numbers. They're not far off in terms of like their plus minus or whatever else you want to try to measure defensemen by. Fair uh, assists, they're not far off. It's just the goal scoring. Yeah, it's basically well, it's basically what you lose from. What you lose from McAvoy mm-hmm. in plus minus because I think he's like an extra one or two up on 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 D'Angelo, but D'Angelo has a shit ton more points, which makes you go, okay, well clearly if he's scoring that if he's scoring that much more, he's letting in more goals. But 
depending on who his defense defensive partner is and stuff, maybe that changes. And he, all he's doing in Boston is putting stuff in and not letting as much go at the same time. So do I you mean, it's just, do you follow D'Angelo on Twitter? No. Oh, he does a lot of shit talking. Eh? Oh, does he? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he does a lot of. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is that McAvoy's on a four. McAvoy's two years younger, and him, him has, and Brad Marchand would actually on the same team would yeah. be. But yeah, a McAvoy is a year younger and is currently um, two years younger and is currently making four point nine million and will through tw- uh, he's not a RFA until twenty two twenty three, so um, he's got he's he's making a fair bit more money for a bit and I mean you're probably looking around the same price point when D'Angelo resigns. Yeah, you, so, you're you're getting close um, there. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're looking in the fours for sure after this season for for Tony D'Angelo. I don't know if I do that trade. I don't. I don't and that's I, the I, thing I, is, I, is it was one of those like earlier this week. I was like, yeah, fuck it. And then, but now again, seeing the way like McAvoy scored in Chicago in overtime, it was his first goal of the season, and the team went off. Yeah. Apparently, they delayed their flight. Like they, they stayed in Chicago to party and celebrate. Who was it that we get out on the beer because they were so excited? Who was it that we had on this that said Chicago was their favorite city to party? Uh, A couple, a couple guys. Yeah, they were like, yeah, Chicago was a city that there was somebody you knew knew when you were leaving Chicago. Yeah, there was somebody. There was somebody who like that's where they that's where they like put down their roots, and then they got traded out of town instantly, but like still kept going back for. Oh my! I I was trying to remember. I was like, yeah, because I I I was like, huh, Chicago, and they're like. Yeah, that's where you really tied one on in the NHL. Wow. Uh, are, are we at an hour yet? Uh, we are a couple minutes late. A couple minutes late. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start now. We, I've made it an hour without without bringing <laughs> without this get, up. Without, without bringing no, it? without bringing this up. My large adult son, Trevor Moore. He is uh, he is no more. <laughs> He's gone to his hometown of the LA Kings. He's been traded off of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I'm, I'm gonna miss him. He was one of my favorite little waterbug speedsters. That he's almost like the small dog you bring at the park that would take on the bigger dogs. You mean Sam? Yeah, Sam. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, 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 he would be like he. he didn't know his size. He had so much grit and fire last season. This season, he had a hard go. He was injured to start the year. Then he got injured again. I think he only played 18 games for the Leafs. Like, I don't think there was that much. They shipped him to uh, the Los Angeles Kings, which was nice. He said he grew up a Kings fan. So, you know, that's yeah. always nice. For uh, Finally got a backup goalie in uh, uh, Jake Campbell. Uh-huh. And Jack Ky- Campbell, is Jack it? Campbell, yep. yes. And Kyle you. Clifford. Kyle Clifford, big red. And boy, oh boy, am I on the Kyle Clifford fucking... And I think Clifford's the same way. <laughs> Clifford's from Ontario, so I think it was he's, kind of a hometown a home- swap. Oh, yeah, well, Clifford, Clifford grew up idolizing Matt Sundin. So when he got to the uh, dressing room... They took a Matt Sundin nameplate and put in <laughs> put into his uh, where his name thing would be. So they had yeah. all of his gear set up, but they had one of Matt Sundin's nameplate there. Nice move. Clifford also took the ice in, in warm-ups with no bucket, which apparently the Leafs have a rule. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. I didn't know this either, but uh, I think it was Christian Shilton was like, yeah, we haven't seen this in a long time, pretty much since Taylor Hall almost got murdered in warm-ups. Uh, he's... Kyle Clifford's out there with no bucket, and one of uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter was like, "Let him smoke a cigarette while he's out there." And all I've wanted—he looks 
like equal parts like uh, Woody Harrelson in the Zombieland movies. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He is. Well, all... I also, I loved his quote where they asked him, I can't remember what the question was, but it was something about his role on the team. And his response was just like, well, they're not bringing me here to chase Austin Matthews for goals. Yeah. And it was just like, I kind of love that. That's kind of, um, but I just, as I bring it up, I brought up the Leafs on cap friendly just cause we're going to get into some Leafs conversation now. I'm Ooh. assuming based on just the segue of talking about Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. But as I did, I just scrolled Big red, down. please. His nickname, big red. Um, I, sc- I was scrolling down and I got to long-term reserve and the first two names that pop up are Nathan Horton and Dave Clarkson. And it oh, just yeah. made me laugh because yeah. I'm like, right, these guys are yeah. still, but they're off the books this year. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, so anyhow, back to that trade. Yeah. For a long time, so I don't know if you've listened to this for the year and change mm-hmm. we've been on, you've probably heard me go off on Frederick Goche a lot. The reason I like Frederick Goche is, well, I shouldn't say I don't like him, I just don't think he's an NHL or I think he's a fringe guy. He's got all this size, doesn't know how to use it, and until this year he wasn't very reliable on skates in terms of his speed. He has worked on that. I've noticed a big increase, and because of that, he's sitting at, what, seven goals now? I'm, I'm confirmed. I, I, yeah, I've got a goal chart, which is just a bunch of goats whenever he scores on my Twitter feed. I think it's, I think we're up to seven now. Uh, I, I'm, when he gets to nine, I'm going to buy fireworks, and then I'm, if, he, if he scores ten on the year, I'm, I'm blowing off some fireworks, which is, you know, I, I live in a downtown house where there's no backyard or anything, so I might get arrested. Like, I might have to blow these off on a sidewalk and then... So if anyone knows Frederick Gochan is listening to this, I don't know if you see the VOCM headline where it's like local man in St. John's gets arrested because Frederick Gochan scores 10 goals. That's me. Uh, But I think Kyle Clifford solidifies a position on this team, probably on the third line. Uh, At worst, he he keeps, you know, Gochan out of the lineup, and he uses his size down there on the fourth line. I uh, I, I like the addition of Kyle Clifford big time. I think it's, I think it's a great I think addition. It's a great addition. I think it was yeah, it was it was good. He's only signed for this year. I thought he had a little bit of term uh, on top of this, but no, he's only signed for this year. So anyway, in my opinion, the the real cream of the crop here is a backup goalie because you know it's been a year. We got nine points until Jack Campbell came in. We had nine points out of our backup goalie. When compare that to the Bruins, they got thirty-six points from a backup goalie. Compared what, to the, what backup goalie? Well, one A, one one A, one B type thing. Yeah, I was going to say the Bruins yeah, don't have a backup. Compared goalie. to the Pittsburgh Penguins, they got thirty-nine points from their backup goalie. You know, it, it's Washington. You could make the case that Braden Holby is now their backup goalie. So the Leafs, with the injury to Freddie, obviously something had to. Uh, had to happen. I think this has been working before the injury to Freddie. Uh, you see the guy who leaked the trade like before puck drop? No. There's a Twitter account, Mike Litteris. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, I, I yeah, got you. I okay. got you. I got you. I got you. And, uh, he just said trade call is going to come after the game. It's Trevor Moore uh, and some picks for Kyle Clifford and uh, Campbell. And he's like, Brackets, this is obviously an alias to protect identity. And then I read the name again, and I was like, oh, yeah. yes. When you say it out loud, when I get it When you say now, it yeah. out loud, I was like, okay. And uh, sure enough, it was so funny because I watched Keith's press conference, and he's like, they're like, who's going to start? Who's going to start on uh, Friday? And he's like, well, you know, we're going to see where Freddie's at, and uh, there's some other stuff going on. Yeah. 
And I was like, Sheldon, baby, tell me about the other stuff that's going on. I'm fascinated by this other stuff you of which you speak. Yeah, and so, then, um, but the um, the thing is, is I'm looking at again. I'm looking at the Leafs on Cap Friendly right now. Um, there's also the Leafs Cap Friendly page for anybody who's not a Leafs fan is fucking hilarious to look at just because for one, it goes goalies. Um, the way it breaks down um, is goalies, 6.3 million. Defensemen, 10.7 million. Forwards, $56.6 million. Oh, that's a lot. Um, there, are, uh, there are three guys in double digits at the top of that. I don't think any other team can boast such a thing. Um, and I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask a question. Yeah, 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 yeah. A question. We yeah. always obviously know the big four. Yeah. Who is, um, who is the fifth highest paid Leaf right now? The fifth highest paid Leaf right now. So the highest paid Leaf right now is Matthews, Tavares, Marner. Uh, then you get William Nylander. Um, I'm going to say Morgan Riley. It is a tie. Tie between Riley and Freddie, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Do you know who's after that? Uh, after that, Riley, Freddie, it's probably going to be Cody Cece. It is. Uh, oh, wait. Yes. Yeah, it's probably going to be it Cody Cece. Cody Cece. Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, and but I should say, by the way, before we get to uh, um, Cody Cece, even before we get to Riley and Frederick, <laughs> um, it goes it goes in order after after William Nylander. Uh, then it's Nathan Horton. Oh yeah, the, okay, those guys. Don't then it's count. David Clarkson. But does Cece? Yeah. That's my question: Is does Cece because he's he's done for the year? He's done for the year, yeah. and they're going to LTIR him so that they can use that emergency thing. And I don't know if Cece's going to come back for the playoffs. I think Riley is. I don't think Cece is. I I don't. I still don't think they make the playoffs. So I think this is all in vain. I know, one but of, that's one, but that's one the thing of the is biggest... I think I think like because the whole argument right now. I just read that you know Myrtle has a thing on on the athletic where he breaks down whether or not they can weaponize their LTIR to try to make a move for a defenseman because there's no there's no salary cap when you get in to the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. So the question becomes whether or not they LTIR uh, Riley for the remainder of the season. I, and I, then and then bring him back for the playoffs. And, Riley, and, definitely not. I don't think, I honestly, from what I saw the last handful of games, and by what uh, I saw, I mean Tyson Berry at the point on the, pl- on the power plays, man, Morgan Riley can't get back soon enough. But the thing I'd is, give but, Morgan Riley my ankle right now. But the could. thing is, is if Morgan Riley is, the, you know, it, it appears that Morgan Riley's dealing with more than necessarily just his foot. Um, there's because eight weeks is a long time for a foot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so the, the and so, but even eight weeks brings him back in lit, like mid to late March. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes: He's doing. He's gonna do. Well, so when he, when he does, but no, but but just 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 to let me f- finish yeah, the thing, okay. so we can debate the, the, this whole part of it is that if he comes back on like March, say he comes back Patty's Day. Okay. He comes back March seventeenth. You've got what? Uh, less than three weeks left in the regular season. I'd say from Patty's day, we've got about twelve games left on the on twelve the games. Yeah, twelve, if, to you know. 15 so assuming tops. he comes back then or slightly later, he's coming back with maybe ten games before the playoffs. Do you, for the sake of right of for the sake of making the playoffs, try to LTIR him, get his contract off, so that you can get relief, so that you can bring in another defenseman that gets you to the playoffs while you don't have him, and then bring him back for game one. Do you, I, Patrick Kane, I, this situation? I, I think that I think that's 
what they're looking at very, very closely. Obviously, the market on defensemen is not... Like, there's not many guys out there. there are, everyone's saying Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba. I don't think Matt Dumba is what the Leafs need. Matt Dumba is a not-as-good Tyson Berry, and Tyson Berry's not doing very well either. Like, they need someone who's a bit more reliable in their own end. Like, that's always been the issue here. The, our own end is, is, is still a nightmare. I've got a guy picked out. He's over on the San Jose Sharks. I think it's Brendan Dillon. And if, if you really go out and take a run for him, he's an RFA at the end of the year. He doesn't make terrible amount of money. I don't think he I don't even think he cracks four point five. I think he's cheaper than CC actually. Brendan Dillon is is who I would add. But the 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 Morgan Riley thing, it's too close to call. It depends on what situation they're sitting in when he's ready to get back on skates, when he's ready. Uh, I but, think he comes back wait. I think he comes back and does a conditioning stint and maybe maybe he plays one or two games at the very end of the year. That's the way I see it playing out. Just because, one, they might need those four points to get in. I, I think it, regardless, he's going to have to do the max conditioning stint in the AHL at this point. Yeah, but 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 the whole the whole thing that... that I don't seem to understand mm-hmm. where the Leafs are concerned. Is you're saying you think the Leafs make miss the playoffs this year anyway? Like you're not, you're, I, you're saying they run out of track. And, and I think they do. No, but, I don't but, think managers just just, just just like you're saying that you think they run out of track. Mm-hmm. And so if you think they're going to run out of track, if mm-hmm. other fans seem to be like I said, my Twitter timeline during a Leafs game mm-hmm. is just people saying like ah fuck this season now. Mm-hmm. People are are trying to get the, like lower their expectations to be like this is it. Fuck it. We're not even going to make the playoffs. Blah blah blah. If that's where the team is at right now. I don't think the team is there at all. I don't think the team is there at all. No, but um, like if that's where the fan base is at right well, now, if that's yeah. what people are saying, if that's what the expectation of the of the team is at this point, then I don't understand how anybody in that fan base can't like the idea of just shelving Riley till the playoffs. Give him the extra week or so to, to recoup even more. Maybe he he comes back, he starts, like, I don't know if he starts working out with the team in like a non, non-contact jersey or something. Does he come off the, does his no, no, shit go back uh, on the books? No, no. So uh, he could start working out with the team and just not get in a game situation until the playoffs. That's completely doable. And in the meantime, they can find somebody who's on, you know, like find a decent defenseman. CC being gone helps a lot. CC being gone makes makes it. And CC's a UFA, yeah, so CC's, he's never yeah, putting CC's, on a Maple Leafs jersey again. We, we have seen, I, I don't want to jinx anything. Is this made of wood, Mike? This is made of wood. That's me knocking. I think I've seen the last of Cody CC terrorizing my hopes and dreams in the fucking defensive zone of the Toronto Maple Leafs. However, I think with CC being off the books, you can still add a defenseman that helps us get in without rushing Morgan Riley back. But the fact is, when you've been not playing NHL caliber hockey from Riley went down in, what, January? Early uh, January? Early January. When you've not been playing NHL hockey and you're a defenseman since January to jump in on game one of the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs, if you make it, I don't see how that's a big plus unless you are upper, upper, upper elite. Unless, and like, and look, man, I'm a big Morgan Riley stan. I don't think he's top three in terms of defensemen of eliteness. Like, I think you've got to get your legs about you. You've got to get your hockey brain back and all that. So 
maybe the opportunity of doing it, even doing a conditioning stint in the AHL isn't going to get you where you need. I think he's going to need two games at the end of the year if there's any way to skin it on the cap. Um, as for why you think, like, well, if this is it, and why is management not just kind of turfing this year? No, because I, I don't think they're at that point. Definitely not. We've got a five-year window. Simple as that. We've got five years to compete to win a cup. That's it. After these five seasons, if we don't have one, it might be 2067 by the time they fucking win a cup. It might never happen. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think the thing we need, all need to remember is that Cody Cece is probably never going to play for the Toronto Maple I was going to say that um, really what, what it all like the, the, the thing that I like you got to keep in mind as you talk about all these scenarios and talk about all these hypotheticals is that um, Kyle Dubas is much smarter at this than either of us. Did you see Max Kerman was his mentor? Yeah, the, uh, which is hilarious. Did, did you see his interview? No, his, He I did didn't. an interview with TSN, and I, I personally felt attacked. Uh, so he's like, yeah, everyone who's been, uh, you know, uh, adding me that, hey, you know, this hypothetical trade or that hypothetical trade, he's like, I've seen them, and I want you to know that not only has Kyle thought of it, but he's thought about it maybe 15 steps back. He's yeah. smarter than all of you. Yeah, exactly. Stop adding me. Exactly. And I was like, like yo, I feel, yeah. I feel attacked. And I mean, like, you know, Ma you know uh, Max, I, right? I, like, yeah, we're familiar with one another. Yeah, well, you, I, you, I, I met Max through you. Yeah, so, fair. I mean... Um, I felt I felt a little bit attacked. Also, I got to meet Kyle Dubas because of an Arkells t-shirt when he was in town. So. Well, that's nice. That was nice. Um, is that what you wore to the job interview? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still hasn't called me back. Um, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, there there's he's looking at this in a, like you know because at the end of the day it's like me and you talk about this for an hour or two a week. Oh, we I look at about, it. I think, you think about, about this constantly, literally every day of my life. Right but now. but you're not paid a lot of money to. And that's the thing is so when you're paid a lot of money to in in Kyle Dubas's case, I, it doesn't seem like all the GMs take this approach. But when you're paid a lot of money, you think it through and you do the smart thing. Um, yeah. Not all GMs agree with that philosophy. Some of them take a different approach to the job. You know, we're not, I'm not going to name names, but um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that Mike, please, Jim Rutherford's not here to defend himself. <laughs> But I think um, also is Rutherford not employed? Didn't he? Oh no, he's in Pittsburgh, man. He gave oh, right, Jack right. Johnson. He gave Jack Johnson like a million years to right. Run. It was Cheryl Cher just got canned. Yeah, right? Cheryl yeah, yeah. just got canned. Um, but yeah, so I, I think um, you know it's it's a weird year for for all this sort of stuff. But I think that I mean the fact of the matter is is like I wasn't looking at Jake Muzzin when the Leafs got Jake, Jake Muzzin. He was kind of off my radar. Oh, was he? He was kind of off. Was, it's so funny. But he I mean, was, I'm I'm not a Leafs fan, so I wasn't kind of looking with the same sort of thing. He was my brother's dude. He was my brother's like, that's that's who I want. I will accept Jake Muzzin and nobody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was he did got, Muzzin also come? He also came from L.A. From didn't he? L.A. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I was I so, remember. So they they they've got like so the Leafs farm system as far as we're as far as we know right now to vary. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then uh, it's the, uh, uh, on the next tier down on the org chart is the Toronto Marlies, the Los Angeles Kings, and then the Newfoundland Growlers. Yeah, that's the, the, the way. Yeah. That's the way the breakdown works. It's, uh, it's so funny. Uh, Jake Muzzin got traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs on a Thursday night in January, and I was on the phone with my brother. And for whatever reason, I was, I was on the highway. I took the highway home from my office, and uh, he gives me a call, and he's like, "Well, this is it." He's like, "We're, we're in the thick of it. Uh, Dubas is kind of the guy that's going to go and and shop." before the deadline, because the deadline was in February that year, and he's like, I want Jake Muzzin off of L.A. 
And I was like, really? Jake Muzzin? I was like, uh, he's having a bit of a bad year. And John's like, LA is having a bad year. He's like, I want Jake Muzzin. I will. And, and the line was, Muzzin's my guy. I will accept no one else. That was, uh, this year, Gorgiev was his guy and he would accept no one else for the backup goalie. He's been yelling about a backup goalie like, I don't know, for two years now. I literally had to concede this week. I don't know. Well, the uh, Hutchinson game, Hutchinson in uh, New York. I was like, yeah, okay, you're, you're right. And then, I don't know, an hour after that, we had a backup goalie. But uh, in my brother's language, where I'm going with all of this is, Brendan Dillon is my guy. I will accept no one else for an addition on the Leafs back end now. We're at February 8th. It is uh, 3.39. The trade deadline is in less than three weeks. Brendan Dillon is my guy, and I will accept no one else for a bolster to the Leafs back end. Um, yeah, I just I was looking through some stuff, and uh, I was trying to come up with other alternatives, but it's just like... Even, like even a couple other guys that I thought were like maybe the right cap kind of mm-hmm. range um, or, or in right like stage of their contract and, and whatever that could possibly be fits there. Um, yeah, like, you know, the team is the team isn't selling that guy. You know, it, it's it's that sort of thing. So, like, I'm really kind of I don't know who you think the team isn't selling who. Oh, no, I'm just I'm not going to uh. say I'm not going to say on because like it's one of those. I'll tell you after, but I'm not I'm not going out and saying it on this because I don't follow the team close enough. But I still think that. Um, they are too close. They're oh no! You got to You got to say it now. No, I'm not gonna wait until oh. you after. I'm gonna wait until you after because I don't. I don't want to. You don't like, want to jinx it, eh? You I don't, don't want. No. You don't want a recording of you saying like they're not gonna move. No, this. because 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 it's a team and a, and a player that is is young enough player on a team that's cuspy right now. Cuspy. That um, I I feel like they don't want to risk moving what could be a massive part of their team moving forward. You're talking about the Devils and Subban? No, Jesus, oh, okay. no. Well, I've Subban. seen a lot of, seen a lot of that. It's like, oh, Subban for salary retained, and it's like he's like he's got nine million a year. Like he's only got two years on it. Yeah, what, the only two years gone on it. You mean? Oh, is it? He's got how many more years on that deal? A lot. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Um, he is. First off, the Devils are in, like. Uh, no, never mind. He does. He only yeah, has two years two, left. Yeah, he's only, he's got, only two got two years two, left. So he's they, got two years left, and the Devils are second lowest paying team in the league right yeah. now. So theoretically, they could, they they could, could do could salary retain. retain. They could do salary retain. They could do a, a lot, lot of, of retention. That. Yeah. I think he's going to come up flying next year, but I don't think he helps anyone. I could be wrong. I don't know. His his A lot of people say his underlying numbers are terrible. I don't think he helps a team get over the hump if they're if they're on the hump. No, I I don't think he's that kind of guy, right? Like I, I mean, I that's think, like saying like you know Brett Burns. It's well, like Burns is you know Burns for one his contract just he's like got years and years left, I believe. But the other thing is like he's not he's I like the Leafs need a really like stay at home yeah. lock their shit down defenseman. Brendan Dillon is my guy, and I will accept no one else. Um, but yeah, like that's what they need. They need someone to just fucking chill out on the uh, chill out on the blue line and do that job. Yeah, and um, you know, I think like you know, when you get into these kind of flashy, that's why I don't get flashy like, goal scoring defenseman is not what they well, need. Well, and the, everyone's saying like Matt Dumba that would give us like Riley uh, Barry and Matt Dumba, and I'm like. The only way that fucking works is if you're playing a video game. 
Like, that's the only way that that works. If you're playing, like, EA Sports NHL 20, and you've got the period set to, like, five-minute periods. Yeah. And, like, that's the only way that that works. I'm sorry. Um, maybe if you were, like, I, I just don't see that being a viable solution. Um, I just, I, I don't understand the, and Dumbo's got a fairly large cap hit, and he's signed for two more years. I just... I don't get it. I can't figure it out. I don't think that's what we need. Clearly, the trouble is in our own end of the ice, and Matt Dumba's focus is like it's not in that end of the ice. That's like everyone's like, "Oh, are we going to keep Barry?" I, I wouldn't Here, do but it. But here's a question: If you're not going for, let's just let's just. Well, I've got the Minnesota Wild yeah. um, up here. Yeah. What about if you're not going to look at um, Matt Dumba because Matt Dumba's got three years for, left yeah, on he's his about contract? Five, seven, five, six. Six, yeah, no. He's six. But no if, if But if you look at... Consider, he could be our highest paid defenseman. But what? But, but if you're looking for someone to just lock down that backside, uh-huh. what about while I have that, again, while I just ha- happen to have these guys open, what about like a Jonas Broden? He's making 4-1. Um, he's plus 13 on the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, he's only got one goal, but wow. um, you're not look. You're again. You're not trying to bring in a defenseman for goal scoring. He's got one goal, 19 assists, plus uh, 13 through what, 51 what, games. What's his average ice time a night? Um, I don't see that in front yeah, of me at the moment. That's that's a big question I got to ask. To that is his average ice time. Um, I, I'm I'll not see, even familiar. I do have. I, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I'm just going by like just, just really by like the, the the literally standout numbers. I do have since Jonas Hoagland. I do have a soft spot for fellas named Jonas on the Leafs. Uh, my brother was a big Jonas Hoagland fan, and whenever we'd watch uh, Toronto Maple Leafs games, he would have Weezer's "My Name Is Jonas" paused he on the is, stereo. And he, if Jonas this Hoagland, season, yeah? this season he's averaging uh, twenty-one twenty-five. Oh wow! Yeah, they're not going to want to get rid of him. He's probably. He, it sounds like he's a young guy too, eh? Um, he is uh, twenty-six. Mm. He's twenty-six. He was. He's a first-round pick for him. He, but he, he was a first-round pick in twenty eleven. Okay. Uh, his current salary is four seven. Well, uh-huh. like four one. I think it is uh, his AA Ex- expiring you know. deal. Um. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh. Okay. He is out of there. His contract expires. Um. His contract expires next year. So they'd have one year left. Okay. But also, it's kind of. It kind of. It kind of. Um is a complete replacement for CC's contract. Yeah, that's, See, and that's you know, what I'm looking for. That's and, what, and you actually would, like, you'd, you'd probably still save a couple hundred thousand. I think a big thing is we're going to need to find out in Toronto land. Are you looking for, no, the Leafs are ridiculous about the left-right D thing, right? He, well, not as much anymore, but they were, yes. Yeah, because Babcock I, I think, was, was, yeah, was enough I, for I think, well, he complained the day that they went out and got CC, uh, not CC, he, he complained the day they went out and got Muzzin. Yeah. He was like, well, I don't know what you got him for. Anyway, I had my, uh, I spoke about Mike Babcock enough on this program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, if you were going to say what side are they looking for? No, I was actually going to say. I was, no, I'm, I'm asking. Like, if you oh, were going to say, yeah. I wasn't saying. If you're, yeah, I, they're they're looking for a right side. Okay, guy. He, yeah. he's left. Okay, That's, yeah, they're looking for a right side guy, as far as I know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I haven't. I'm, Kyle won't return my calls, so you know, after that job interview went south. Um, the Leafs situation, though, I don't think they're looking for a guy who's got term per se. I think they're going to extend Muzzin. And you've got to really find out, all right, we've got Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren. Can both of these guys play next year? If they can, you've got Dermot, Riley, Muzzin, 
Sandine, Lilligren. There's not much. Marincin and Justin Hall are both signed. There's not much room back there to add a guy with term. Um, that's why Brendan Dillon is my guy, and I will accept no one else. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this when they get Jonas Broden, and all of a sudden, yeah, you'll you'll sound me, like a genius. Yeah, me me. Although you've got this ace up your sleeve, a guy that you won't say, you won't tell me who it is. Oh no, it's definitely not that kid. No, and I'll I'll refer to him as kid as a hint. Because oh. that's the thing is like when it's a kid who's like who has recognition on D, yeah, you kind of yeah. there's a cup and it, and I'll, and it's also not Buffalo if that makes you feel any better <laughs> if that kind of helps. But anyway, oh, who's the who's the Rasmus in Buffalo that's been trying to get traded for like three years? Is um, that Rasmus Ristolainen? Is it Ristolainen that it requested a trade? Like I just I feel so like Buffalo started this year and it looked like hey they're actually gonna make it. We're going to get to see Jack Eichel in they the playoffs. They have two Rasmuses on their D. And there's like only three Rasmuses in the NHL, and one is Sandine, and the other two are guys that want out of Buffalo. Um, but, yeah, Dolan. <laughs> Dolan is still on his Dalene, entry level. Yeah. Dalene, the, yeah. the concentration of Rasmuses in the NHL, if you put a map of where the NHL is, there's just one little dot around Toronto and Buffalo where it's 100% of the Rasmuses. Um, Razmai. Uh, but also, while you're on Buffalo, um, yeah. Brandon Montour. Didn't they just pick him up? Right D. Yeah, they just got they just got him from Anaheim last year. Yeah, but right D, three point three year left on his contract, yeah. plus five on the Buffalo Sabers. Wow. On the 2019-2020 Buffalo Sabers, he's in the plus column. Fucking lock him down. I think the last time Buffalo and Toronto made a trade, Tim Horton went to Buffalo. I I literally I would have to look that up, but like they haven't made a trade in like sixty years. Quite probably, yeah. Yeah, like the, the Buffalo Sabres are not going to trade. There's a bunch of people saying that there's a guy in Ottawa that uh, could be moved to Toronto. Uh, third pairing guy. He's been real reliable on his own end all year. And, and Ottawa, of course, will sell anything, including the seats out of their arena. So, like literal seats, they would rip them out and cover them with tarps. Uh, so, you know, m- maybe that could be... I, I didn't look at him, but... Uh, I think Jeff Merrick might have been talking about him on the 31 Thoughts podcast. Um, Who's that, Ron Hainsey? No, not Ron Hainsey. Oh, man. I'll tell you this, though. Roman Polak to Ron Hainsey was a was a bit of a, you know, like you, you, like Joni says, you don't know what you got till it's gone, pave paradise, and put yeah. up a parking lot. I mean, Ron yeah. Hainsey to Cody Cece was the hardest transition I have ever seen on the back end. Like, because that was that was the trade, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't was a trade, trade but no, we we uh, Cece went. Uh, Cece came as part of the Connor Brown trade, and Nikita Zaitsev went the other way. Nikita Zaitsev still worse than Cody Cece. Believe it or not, folks, Nikita Zaitsev is not having. He's not even having a. Cody Cece's not having a tolerable season. Nikita Zaitsev is not having anything go right for him. Ron Hainsey, though, like, all the times I cursed Ron Hainsey last year, and trust me, there were a lot of them, Cody Cece blew through that budget by Christmas. By Christmas, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it. Like, I mean, there's definitely... Um it Someone didn't. warned me about CC too. They were like, "Yeah, you're gonna, you are going to have a hard time watching this guy in your team's colors. You're just, you're gonna have a hard time the whole way through, man." But literally, man. the 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 message was a DM, and it was like, "I am thinking about you here today," and I was like, "Why?" They're like, 
Cody Cece, I was like, man, we got rid of Zaitsev. And they were like, no, no, you are going to have a rough go with this guy. Like, you are going to have a hard time with, he's just got no brain. He's got no hockey brain. And boy, were they right. Yeah. Um, I, we've, we've talked this all, we talked, we talked a lot of this. Now. Yeah. We've been on the lease for a half hour. Yeah, we can move along. Um, my Hang bro- on. Brendan Dillon is my guy. And I will accept no one else. Except now we can. Now we're done. Said Jonas Broden. Um, if you're a Bruins fan, don't look at the overall standings. That is the lead line of an athletic piece by Joe McDonald because they're currently uh, in first place in the league. Okay. They, you know, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs start today. President's Trophy banner <laughs> is not being hung in Boston because they have actual banners for actual accomplishments. But. Um, <laughs> Do people people still hang up President's Trophy banners? No. Okay, good. <laughs> no, it's the Nashville Predators did it a couple years ago or some I, shit. I know the Washington Capitals did uh, one. It's, oh, no, it, yeah. right. It wasn't even the President's Trophy. It was like they put up like a fucking like Central Division banner or some shit like oh that. Oh, my God. There was something ridiculous. Or, thought, or Western I, Conference Champs the year that oy. they... I think they put up a Western oy. Conference Champs uh, banner the year that they... Um, the, yeah, it's the, it's the Western Conference Champs banner, the year that they lost in the Cup Finals. Maybe it was a meme, but did somebody put up like a, a Winter Classic winner banner once, like when they won the Winter? I no, thought... I think I think it was again the uh, Nashville Predators. Okay, uh, put up a Western Conference with the year they lost the Cup Final to Pittsburgh. The next season, they hung a Western Conference oh, champion oh banner. Oh my god! Uh, and they've just they haven't people haven't stopped making fun of them yeah, for it since. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so the Bruins right now are on pace to win the the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried. Um, said Mike Hickey, noted Bruins fan. Because um, a lot of people talk about the, the President's Trophy is kind of a bad thing to win because you uh, often don't win the cup if you win the President's Trophy. Can I, can I like, borrow a 1930s term here? And that's hogwash. Um, that's but, yeah, hogwash. No, it, it's, it's one of those things where, like, look, the Bruins have been struggling. They've had a really good season. They've had a, some really low moments in that really good season. They went, uh, their their January was not a good January. Um, the Bruins' January was almost yeah, as yeah, long. Yeah. But the Bruins, like, January for the Bruins was almost as hard a year as it was for anybody living in St. John's. It was not like as a Bruins fan living in St. John's, my January was a fucking nightmare. You guys had like, yeah, it was the end of the year, like from, from the end of like 2019, the last couple of days of December into most of January is pretty rough over there. It was, uh, it was almost as bad as like my rec team started off 2020. Oh, and three minus 18. We just went on a fucking skid. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. All right. But first, let me just say that buying new tools can be a bit of a pain. Sometimes it's something you need for one project or you just don't have the space to store. Or even if you do have the space, it can feel like a waste to just have something collecting dust in the basement or shed. You can change that with the Good Neighbor. The Good Neighbor is a new tool rental app now launching in Halifax and the surrounding areas that's focused on bringing communities together one rental at a time. It's a peer-to-peer system that saves you money by stopping you from buying tools that you only need once and makes you money by renting out the tools that are just sitting around your house. You can learn more at thegoodneighborapp.com or find it in the app store and they're canadian so they spell neighbor properly now what did you want to ask me in my mind right now uh-huh i can like if i and, and this rarely happens in the modern day nhl i can't remember the last time it did but i can really see a rematch of the stanley cup finals uh, yeah no it never i happened. can like I, I can really it hasn't like, happened since the detroit 2008 yeah. 2009 and yeah. then yeah i can just for whatever reason i can see these two teams squaring off again in in the finals i just that 
in all likeliness, is what I see the Stanley Cup Finals fleshing out to be I, this year. I, I, I don't think, know what routes they take to get there. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I think I think that Tampa Bay is still very much a threat. I think the Washington Capitals are still very much a threat. I think Tampa Bay, Washington, and Boston are the teams that anybody in the East should be concerned about. I think you're looking at St. Louis, Colorado, and whoever scrambles their way out of the Pacific. <laughs> like, right now, I think the the Pacific's up for grabs. Like, it's literally anybody's. I mean, the, the Simpsons the, gig where they hold the, they hold the mugs above yeah, their, uh, yeah. for the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where right now they're in, I think, third place in the division, but I could see the Oilers kind of kind of dialing up a little bit. Like, I could see... Because I, I can see... What's happening in the in the Battle of Alberta that we talked about a little bit earlier, I can see momentum from that. If they can keep rolling like they did in that game last Saturday night, if they can if they can put the, the pedal down a little bit on that sort of momentum and keep playing that kind of hockey, yeah, I could I could see but at at the same time, I really don't have a fucking clue. I, but Colorado, uh, I Colorado and St. Louis are what I'm worried about in the West right now. That's it's I see one of those two teams coming out of the Western Conference. I just, to, to me, it feels like they're, and like, I was looking at it the other night. I think St. Louis only lost two guys on that cup roster, Pat Maroon being one, yeah. and uh, one Edmondson. guy, Joel Edmondson, thank you. And because they brought his parents in last yeah, week. Yeah, thank only, you. And, and, that's, and the only like, way I, that's the only reason and, I had that on I was, the tip of my I was tongue. like, yeah. wow, when's the last time that that had happened? Like, I, I you know... People win the cup, and then usually you lose two or three at least. They've only lost yeah. two, and Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon was a big heart story. Pat Maroon was a big heart story. I'm surprised he's still playing. Yeah, I thought he would have just went out on top, but hey, who the fuck am I but to say retire? But he went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He, he, so, wants, he got a taste for it. He yeah, no, it. but but that's the thing. Is so like it's not like Pat Maroon um, won the cup in in St. Louis in that remarkable, incredible story of a season last year. Mm. Um, it's not like he did that and then, like, fucked off to Buffalo. He went to what was, going into the playoffs, the, favorite. the best favorite team in hockey. and it's been and, the favorite for the last, like, 10 years. And so that's the thing is, like, is... And that could be a smart move for Tampa Bay because, you know, the thing that we talked about it last year when Tampa Bay lost and got upset really fast, they got swept out by, by Columbus. Columbus. Um, and there's, you know, Columbus is in itself a fucking comedy of errors this year. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about was like, there was no guys with cup rings in that room. Yeah. Nobody had that cup experience. Yeah. And for Pat Maroon to come into that room and be the guy who was part of that team that had that cup ring to kind of tell them how good it feels and how, like, to have him be that winning experience guy. I mean, that's someone out and added Shattenkirk. Like, yeah. they... Uh, and I just... And, and, and um, like, like, I just always find Kevin Shattenkirk hilarious because it always makes me kind of think, like, you know, like, if you were going to refer to, like, his, his helmet and you were talking about Kevin Shattenkirk's helmet, my response to that would be, why did he do that? What did Kirk do to him? And I just find oh, that hilarious. No. It is the most childish joke oh, no. that I find way too funny. <laughs> wow. So yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk's helmet. It's like, why did Kevin Shattenkirk's helmet? Oh, Shattenkirk's helmet? Lord. Like, why did he do that? 
I uh, yeah, I just I, I, I find see. it hilarious. Oh, yeah. You've said a lot of things over the course of last year that I've groaned at. Uh, that's fair. I, I like. Hey, can I bring up something? Actually, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, oh no, no, no! Let yeah. me have it. Let me have it. Remember when you rolled your eyes at me? Remember when I said William Nylander is going to score thirty this year? And you, you, you gave me a look that was not just an eye roll, but utter disgust. No, I do because I was somebody who was very much on the. William Nylander doesn't care enough train. Buddy. I was somebody who was on the William Nylander doesn't have that level of compete. What does I he thought, have this I year? I thought William Nylander was a... Um, I thought that William Nylander was... I thought we were looking at a criticism Ovi got for a long time of, of him being a guy who was just in it for like the personal gain of it. Because for years... Ovi put up 50 goals and the team did nothing and he seemed to be okay with it. And then he won the cup and then you went, oh no, he really gives a fuck about this. This season is William Nylander's, no, I really give a fuck about being on this team. Man. And, and you can see that that kid has taken the criticism and the, and the shit that was thrown at him and has kind of buckled down and is kind of saying, no, I, I deserve the money that I'm making. He's and, got and it's the good best. To see. He's and got the best team friendly deal on that. Like a, he's got the best team friendly deal on that. On that. Well, yeah. No. Maybe I, besides, I, maybe besides Freddie. Besides Freddie. Um. Yeah. But but I mean, the thing was is that we talked about the Nylander deal, and it was because it was so much hypothetical, and he was just a kid we talked about. And last year, he obviously he was putrid. He, he was, was terrible. He was fucking, and so you signed no holding out, signing that deal. It seemed very silly. Um. It seemed very silly to uh, sign that kind of money, blah, blah, blah. But, you know. One thing that's taught, I think, everybody, uh-huh. holding out into the season, nobody uh-huh. wins. Nobody wins. No. You're, you're not, you're going to have, like, you're going to be put on blast for the first 20, 30 games of the year. Then yep. you're going to come back and you're not, you're, you're going to be a step slow for the last 40 games of the year and, mm-hmm. and nobody wins. So, however, I just, even at the end of last year when he would show, because William Nylander's not a dude that shows signs of frustration, he would show signs of frustration that things weren't going right, things wouldn't work. And then I follow him on Instagram. His Instagram in the summer was a lot of nonstop working out and uh, really a lot of funny hats and sunglasses, I guess, would be the other side of it. Uh, and I was like, uh, I really enjoyed making my werewolves of London meme about him. <laughs> that was kind of my favorite. But uh, he, uh, just judging by the amount of work he put in last off season, and and was like, kind of like, hey, this is what I'm doing. When you know, a lot of guys are at Coachella or whatever. A lot of guys that you know look like William Melander or Coachella or whatever. He put in the work, and I was like, no, he's he's gonna do it. He's gonna get thirty, and we're in. He's close. I think he's at like 27 now, 26. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's out tonight. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. The Leafs this are year. playing the Habs tonight. He's out. I believe he's got the flu. Yeah. Uh, did the NA, like, man, the flu was tearing through the NHL now. Right? I, I, I think more than anything is that, you know, a um, hundred years ago, they had to cancel the Stanley Cup final oh, because, of, an, flu, because yeah. of an influenza outbreak. Guys died. And I think with what's happening this year with, with the coronavirus, People are, are, are just, are, I don't, I, I, yeah, I'll say spooked. I, I think that people are rightfully so taking like, f- like flu-like symptoms a little bit more seriously uh, just because of the way things are going right now. And so, and I think that's fine. Like he's taking, if he's not feeling well, he's going to stay out of it because 
You know, I, I think that with, you know, a possible plague on the way, people are taking the flu <laughs> a little bit more seriously. Um, but he plague. is through 53 games. He's 25 goals, 23 assists for 48 points. He is even in plus minus and has eight penalty minutes. Shit. You know, I, I kind of spoke too soon. I thought he was a lot closer to 30 than five. He's five away, but he's got thirty games left. Fair, and he's yeah. on and he's on an almost point a game uh, a, a, a pace right now. Yeah. So anyway, back to the uh, your Bruins. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, and so no, it's just people are, are there's there's some people who hit panic mode about the Bruins. Um, so you think winning the President's Trophy is some sort of curse? Uh, some people think it is. Ah. Um, I think though that um, uh, they uh, I yeah I I don't think it I don't think it necessarily is. I think some people I think it was just you know in. It's something that's kicking around my timeline today, and I think it's just because uh, Joe McDonald might have had a quota that he was supposed to fulfill to uh, get uh, his, an article about something into the athletic. Because um, I think are, it's kind of a silly, like I think it's kind of silly to be. Who's um, your guy to add? They're they're obviously going to add someone. Their Boston does a good job of adding. It's mostly forwards, and they usually add a forward every uh, every deadline. Who, think, who do you want to add? Um, I'm I'm kind of back and forth because a lot of the focus has been on um a lot of the focus has been going to uh chris Kreider. yeah i saw that and he's know, from there and he's yeah and so i think he resigns i, I think, think he, he does stays, too and I that's what they're stays, talking about think, right now i think that he, he got hit in the head there and missed a, few, a, a game or two but i think that kind of helps him one obviously no one's going to want to trade for a guy who might be injured or might be dealing with injuries yeah I think he's. I think he stays. I think he wants to be in New York. I think he's a great fit in Boston. He. I think he is a great fit in Boston. I think when you look at what's happening with like a guy like Charlie Coyle, mm-hmm. who came over and is just having an incredible, incredible yeah. year, um, and just an incredible time in Boston. I think Kreider, in that respect, um, could well. You know, he would be a good fit that way. He's from Boxford, Massachusetts. Um, he is. I forgot he was a local guy. Yeah, he's from Mass. So I mean, like there, there's some, there's some arguments to be made for why he'd be a good fit. I like him. It's, you know, I, I like him. I think, I think, you know, I wouldn't complain if the Bruins got Chris Kreider. Fair. Because, you know, you, you he's, mentioned- got, he's, he's, he's 4'6". He's a UFA. He's got a modified no trade. Um, so he's got an 11 no trade, uh, no, 11 team list. Yeah, you, you but, figure the hometown team is on there. Though. Yeah, I, you'd imagine. But he's the assistant captain there. Um, yeah, 4.6". I mean, the the question is though, is for Kreider, what are you losing? Like, you're probably trading Dave Krejci. You think? I think that's the. I think that's what. And, and that's the thing is like, like at this point, the Bruins are buying, and I mm. don't think you know. I don't think they want to do much selling. I'll, I'll shoot a name when when but I. But they're super close to the cap, so they have to do well, some sell. When I uh, when I close my eyes and picture a guy that's. He's not talked about much, but he's on the move. I think he's going to be on the move anyway. Uh, Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils, to me, just seems like he checks a lot of Bruin-based boxes. Uh, that's one guy you mentioned to Foley. I don't think he. I don't think he lands there. I, like they, they keep talking about him, and I don't know if it's just like I don't know if it's just one of those things. I that think it's because like, he's the big. He's he's probably forward wise. The big piece is Kreider, and then the second big piece is Toffoli. But uh, and and yeah, it's just like you know, and, and there's been a lot. There's look, people keep talking. I had this whole thing with a couple of people on Twitter the other day about Taylor Hall. 
because Taylor Hall, even though he just got traded, his name mm-hmm. is he's he's still a UFA, and the Coyotes are on a bit of a skid, and they're saying, okay, maybe, maybe we 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 get rid of him again. Um, maybe we trade him straight out of town, and a lot. And you know, this was something that came up in in front of the show. Mark Allred, Mark's a good, uh, oh, a, yeah. a good friend of ours. Uh, he he put something up in the feed, and and I started talking to him and a couple other people about it. And my thought on Taylor Hall is this: Taylor Hall is. I think a Matt Duchesne level of toxic player. Jesus Christ. I know. I don't know if he's quite Matt Duchesne level on the per, (laughs) on, on, like on, on, like, cause for those of you who are unaware here, Mike has, so Mike has, uh, my hatred for Cody Cece is warranted. Mike has an unbelievable axe to grind against Matt Duchesne that I've been trying to figure out since we've been doing this show. If what you need to do is you need to try to find on, you can probably find it on YouTube, but there was a draft, the, the year he got drafted, there was uh-huh. like a feature where they followed him going into the draft. Uh-huh. Um, and just watch that and you'll just go, Oh, I fucking hate this kid. And then everything he did in his career ever since will just like reinforce it. But, um, like again with Matthew Shane, look like you look at what happened. He was in Colorado for, for a while, Colorado bottomed out, traded him out of town. He went to the Ottawa senators. Colorado are now one of the best teams in hockey. Ottawa senators were a a couple, a a goal goal away away from the cup final. A goal away from the cup final. Um, and, and Matthew Shane shows up on the team. They're, they're in the basement. They are, you know, Eugene Melnick is the least of the problems at this point. Well, not the least, but he's like much lower on the list than he was a couple years ago. Um, you know, then he gets shipped to, um, Columbus. Columbus has him as a rental last year. Um, he does, you know, they, they do, they do better than expected. They kind of coast through. They got a couple things happening, mm-hmm. but they still sh- get him the fuck out of town right away. He, they don't, I, did, him. They, did they even offer him a I contract? Don't, I don't know that they did. I don't think, I remember reading that they didn't offer him a contract. And I think that says a lot. And well, now, yeah. and now he's in Nashville, Nashville, like a, you know, they have a banner for the, like as Western conference champs from a couple years up, ago. So and one, he's in one Nashville and Nashville's, Nashville is like not hitting expectations. He's, he's with Kyle Turris in Nashville and wasn't Kyle Turris part of the three-way trade to get him out of Colorado? I think he was. He was. I think so he now was. they're both in Nashville. Kyle Turris was scratched a bunch. And, uh, and so what, what I'm saying is Matt Duchesne has a, uh, has a record of, he's cursed. Of, 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 of making teams, ex, like of making teams underwhelmed. Like he winds up, he's he's a, he's a hot ticket, and then he goes somewhere, and the team doesn't quite do what they're supposed to. He, uh, or or in the case of the Columbus Blue Jackets, he does like pretty much exactly what he's supposed to, and then he just like leaves town. And they they um, don't return his calls. He yeah. wouldn't. He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't and listen so, to the Habs. Eh. Yeah. The Habs so, were all in on him, and they're like, nope. And um. I think I think there's something to be said about Taylor Hall being the same thing. I don't think to the same degree, but I think what the issue with Hall is is Hall put up like you know he got an Art Ross or a Hart a couple years he ago. Got a right? Hart, Hart, Hart a couple years ago. The worst trade in the last twenty years. Um, but I think what the problem is with Taylor Hall, and this is again, I don't like I don't know. I'm not in these rooms. I don't I don't know what is up. But what it seems to me to be. Is that if Taylor Hall isn't the guy, he's like a guy. You know, if he's not your clear, like the guy you are looking to and all the pressure is on him, then he's not, he's not, you know, he's somebody who will really step up yeah. if there's no one else to help carry the load. I, there's one you know? thing. And that's kind of what it seems like to me because, you know, he was in Edmonton, but Edmonton was like 
just racking up draft picks. He had a bunch of other first overalls with him, um, and he never really did exactly what they kind of expected him to, and Edmonton underwhelmed the entire time he was there. He gets shipped to, to New Jersey. He's got He gets one really good season in New Jersey. Granted, he's been traded. He's uh, He's been injured a bit and stuff like that, but again, never really hit what he gets. He gets moved to Arizona, and they're ready to ship him out of town a couple months later. And that's I think me. they're ready to ship him out of town because they 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 might be dealing with hey we're not going to make the playoffs yeah and but but I think I, for but for franchises like Arizona a couple, people, a couple of people are just talking about it and 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 saying that like you know oh maybe he hasn't had the right coach he's had seven coaches yeah and the thing is is I just think after that track record it's like okay there's something that's a little bit off about how Taylor Hall lands do you remember this is going to make me sound like an absolute like I don't know I, I don't think like lunatic is the right word but. Like, well, Jesus, why does he remember this so well? But the day that Connor McDavid got drafted, he put up a tweet that got absolutely flamed that was like, congratulations, Connor. Welcome to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, now let's, like, try not to fuck up what we've built in the last five yeah. years. Or I don't know. It, like, try not to fuck up wasn't the, the, the term. But it was like, don't mess with what we've got built for the last or like don't yeah. you know yeah yeah it was like you and know it was yeah like welcome like, to my team you little talented who, virtuoso prick taylor type hall, of thing. Taylor taylor hall, hall yeah. yeah and like the tweet obviously got massacred i they did play one season together in edmonton did they not or did he get traded the summer that uh mcdavid got drafted um they played I, one season i think together, they I played think. one season yeah. together and then he got traded I think the season he got he, they got tr- uh, the season they played together. Taylor Hall was injured for a lot of it, though, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the welcome to Edmonton, Connor. Um, oh, here, I, I found it, but yeah. I just gotta like confirm it here. Um, <laughs> I just I remember reading that and I was like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" It's uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get it to load for what you know. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, apparently it was very much a joke. That's and that's the word. It's welcome to Edmonton Connor. Please don't mess up everything we built this last five years. Hashtag future is bright. Like, um, I don't know. I saw that the day that the guy gets drafted, I'm like, that's weird. And like the fucking the the McDavid stuff was like, I don't know. You had all those commercials of, of Mark Messier phoning him and shit like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole that whole thing was like that whole phenomenon was very strange. But I remember seeing that tweet being like, well, that's just dumb, man. That's just really dumb to say. I think I think it was a I think it was a good tongue in cheek thing. Yeah. I think it was. Um, I think it's a you know it's if, hard if, to if convey Taylor Hall tone, was supposed to be the leader. The, the Taylor Hall was supposed to be the leader of that team at the time. Wasn't he the captain at the time? I don't know if he was the captain. But I think Andrew Ferentz was the captain yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Right, yeah, but he was supposed to be like a leader and the future of that guy until they you know drafted another two guys first overall, and uh, to to make light of being a. A laughing stock franchise for half of a decade. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know. When I read that, I was like, Jesus Christ! What is this guy doing? What a what a clown! I I I, I for one think it was funny, but uh, you know. anyway, I would if it was if it was my team and I saw that, I would be like, Oh, okay. So you weren't pissed off that we missed the playoffs this year? Uh, yeah. No, it was Andrew Ference was the captain. Yeah, the I thought so. And that was and that's another thing is that beauty, he, gets, he got drafted. Taylor Hall got drafted first overall in 2010. He was, at the time, and I don't know if it was just because of the one-to-you of him and Sagan. Both were traded? I don't know. By by Peter Chiarelli. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was the same guy. Same guy. (laughs) Um, I don't know if it was that 
it was that one, two of them that got hyped up. I don't know if it was because uh, we live in Canada and the Bruins had Sagan with the Kessel pick from Toronto. Uh, so because of that, that, that draft got built up and stuff. And it was like where they were going to land, if they were going to get Hall or, or Taylor or Tyler. And it was that whole thing. I don't know if that's why, but Taylor Hall has always been hyped to me as like, he was the, in the 10 years between uh, Crosby and McDavid, mm-hmm. he was that like middle piece. He was that, is that, he Bridge. was that if you're going to say there's a, that player every 10 years, he was that he was literally the five year point. Mm. And he was the guy that was the bridge, like supposed to be this incredible franchise guy coming into the league. Um, and he's just never lived up to that. And but it was just to go back and say a couple people are talking about the Bruins adding Hall as as that. That's one of the things I've seen in the last week. And that was what me and Mark uh, and a couple I, people I, were talking about. And, I don't I, and, see and, and I'm just I saying I'm just saying I don't want to see it because wow. I don't think I think that Taylor Hall has kind of. Um, brought about some underwhelming uh, results anywhere he's gone, either from the team's perspective or from a personal perspective. I just don't think he's ever lived up to what he could be. I don't know if maybe it's it's getting in the right spot will help, but I think I, I think, I think a if, lot you're, of it. if you're on your third team and seventh coach, then there's a point where you got to go. Well, 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 Taylor, maybe it's you. Uh, well, of those teams, I mean, he's on his third team, but let's break it down here. Team one, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> in, the, like, in, in that era of Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers era where they picked first overall three out of five years in a row. Yeah. That's that era of Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you but, can't you can't hang that all on one guy. Team two, all right, New Jersey, he won a heart trophy there. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty good. But both both are teams that, as much as we want to dismiss them and say the Edmonton Oilers and the, and the Edmonton Oilers um, oh, have made a Cup final um, in the last hundred years ago. No, but Cup final in 06 wasn't that long removed from him. Oh, yeah. And um, Cup final in 06, they've you know numerous cups in my lifetime. I know I'm a little bit older than you, but numerous cups in my lifetime. You know, one um, in mine. Yeah, and and so there's there's definitely like. Um, you know, there's there's a history there. The New Jersey Devils, again, another storied franchise who, as much as they brought about the like the most boring era of hockey, um, you know, they you know, they're again a storied franchise who won a bunch I, of cups and had a bunch of success. I don't so, think Jersey uh, would have moved them if they didn't get off to such a, a dismal start. Yeah. Like I don't think they I don't think like going into this year and they were buyers during the draft and shit. Going into this they year. They were ranked, I think yeah. um I saw that uh Sean McIndoe put out a thing on the Athletic where he like was ranking kind of teams and and the fan base kind of frustration and stuff. Okay. And there was a point I think the New Jersey Devils were ranked second overall in like best management at the draft. Yeah, like they were it, they were it kind did not, of it go well. They were kind of going all in there and and Look, they got P.K. Subban, in my opinion, for a song and a dance, but unfortunately, one, the Nashville Predators. But the dance is like fucking flossing. It's not a good dance. Well, it's a song (laughs) and a dance, but I don't know what it is about the Nashville Predators, man, but this time last year, I was ready to say, you know what? I might have been wrong, and Montreal might have won this P.K. Subban trade. Like, I might have been wrong here. Then Nashville goes and, and won. They got rid of the Shea Weber contract that they didn't sign. That was a matched offer sheet. They didn't want to sign that. They didn't want to pay him that. Whatever that is, they didn't. Contracts like that now, you have to give a sweetener for a team to take it. Yeah. So they got P.K. Subban. Not only did they get him, they got what might be his last two years of his prime. They come within two wins of a Stanley Cup. Then they flip him for futures that... 
they never would have ever gotten for yeah. Shea Weber, period. Like, to me, it was like, I was, this time last year, I was ready to be like, you know what? You know, maybe I was a bit wrong on that. Maybe that Shea Weber has had, because this time last year, Shea Weber's having a whale of a season. I know we had a shortened one, but Jesus, he had a great year last year. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck, maybe I'm ready to eat the crow here and say yeah. that they, you know, Montreal won that trade. And then, boom, the GM of the Preds was like, all right, I'm ready to move on from Subban. And he gets all these futures for him. And everyone's like, holy hell, I can't believe Subban went for such little package. I don't even think there's a first-round pick in there. I think it was two prospects at a second. And uh, and, and now you have Shea Weber yeah. on the LTI, LTIR. LTIR. P.K. Subban is having a very, very bad year. But Shea Weber is also under contract in Montreal making $7.8 million through 25-26. You know what's funny about that? He could retire. Uh-huh. He could retire tomorrow yeah montreal's cap doesn't have a thing doesn't get dinged nashville's does yeah and it's funny because nashville didn't give him that contract philadelphia flyers did insane that was an offer sheet that was a matched offer sheet yeah so that's why nashville wanted to get out from that contract they didn't offer it to him so that's why like pretty much like one of the the storied things that uh, it came up with sebastian ajo like, when you match an offer sheet, there's, like, an 80% chance that that team is eventually going to trade you. Yeah. Might not. Like, when that happens, and the, the Shea Weber one was one they brought up, and even, like, the day after he signed that, because Nashville wasn't really the hockey hotbed it kind of grew into under the Subban thing, but the day he signed that, that Philly one, and they matched that offer sheet, everyone was like, they're going to have to move Shea Weber. Yeah. They're going to have to move Shea Weber at some point. And they did, but, man... They turned it around. They trade what I if if Subban is done and like his his trajectory is down. A lot of people have pointed to like he's changed his off season regiment from doing a lot of like uh, CrossFit stuff to just strict powerlifting, and his mobility has been uh, impeded by this. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm not a personal trainer, but all I know, whatever the fuck he's been doing the last two off seasons has not really helped him grow as a player. It's a pretty big drop off. And if, if if he's done and they got the last two years of P.K. Subban's prime and came that close to a cup, that goes down as, like, a huge win now. I think, I mean, I think it's it's quite clear Dave Poyle knows what he's doing. Yeah, I guess so. I, like, I mean, you know, say what you want about, uh, you know, the, the questions around LaViolette this year and just how quick they kind of moved on from, I mean, it was still like what, four or five years we talked about, yeah. but it's still, it, yeah. it still seemed like a quick time for him to move on considering how patient he's been with coaches in his career, but oh, how patient he's been with Barry Trotz. <laughs> well, no, it was, uh, he's been a, a GM for something. We, we talked about this he's been a GM for something like, tw- like, um, 36 years in the, in wow. like, you know, between, um, I know Barry Trotz was their coach for fucking. Yeah, ever. no, he was. Um, but Dave Poyle was, um, Dave Poyle has been an NHL GM for, um, uh, he's been an NHL GM for, he's like the only GM in, uh, Nashville history. And he was a GM of the Washington Capitals before that. So he's been a GM for um like yeah the better part of like 10 20 or 36 years or something like that between two franchises and in that time he's only on like his fifth yeah he was he was the gm of uh, the washington capitals from 82 to 97 and then he's been the gm of the national he's been an nhl gm since 1982 
Those in those eighties Capitals, those eighties Capitals were bad teams. But man. in but in that time, I think he's on his fifth coach. Wow. And that's, so he's yeah, a guy who is notoriously patient with coaches. And so that's why I said I thought that I thought the flip of of Laviolette mm. seemed a little bit weird, uh, all things considered. Ho- hockey's a weird like so last year <laughs> there's a Wikipedia list, by the way, of list of national national predators general managers, and it's just a point. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's actually pretty funny. It's super funny. Hockey's strange. <laughs> like I, it feels like last year where the St. Louis Blues fired Craig Berube in January, and then they went on a burner. It feels like a bunch of teams did that just because that's what happened last year. Yeah, I know. Like, it, but I mean, it's, the it's, Vegas Knights. I don't. What the hell was that? I don't know. My man. God, they were working on extending. still. He's going to end up in Detroit, but anyhow. But I mean, he's still. Yeah. They were working on an extension. Two weeks before they fired him, they were dealing like there was back and forth with his agent and the GM for a four-year extension. And then they, I think they dropped three out of five or four out of five. Then they can him? My God, what? A, like, I mean, after, after. I think it's because like, well, you, geez, we're cooling off and it's a competitive division. Look at that team that fired their coach last year and they fucking won the cup. We got to get on board with that. Yeah, but I mean, like the thing is, is that. I don't know if, like, again, we'll tell. We can talk about the anomalous kind of turn of the um, Vegas Golden Knights and how the way they were positioned as the first expansion team um, in the in this kind of cap era of the NHL. They're also the only team in NHL history to kind of have a single expansion draft well, to themselves this way. I've got a and, take and, on them. And, and, you know, so there, there was all these things. I think I think it's that they're the only team in the expansion draft. You know, it's never happened before where there was a single team just, mm. like, free to well, kind of well, take whoever they wanted. We're, we're going we're gonna to do it next year, too, I think. But, my, but that's my what I'm take... saying is I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Um, I, w- I was just going to say I'm kind of shocked that the NHL and the NHLPA have kind of just agreed to kind of let the, the CBA kind of roll through mm. because I was convinced that there was going to be some push back and forth about how the expansion draft is handled because the Vegas Golden Knights were able to just walk in, take whoever the fuck they wanted, and walk to the Stanley there Cup was, final. There was, like, there was kind of, well, here, here's my take on, on Vegas. Uh, there's a line in a Heroes Out of Tune uh, that just says it'll never be that good again. And I think that that first year where you go out and you pick up a bunch of guys who, your, your message is clear. Look, they didn't want you. They didn't want yeah. you. We want... And I, I literally think for the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, they might be close or knocking on the door or whatever you want to put it like that. But in terms of that first year, making the cup finals for a long time, at least, it will never be that good again. I don't think it will be. And I, I, I like don't how know. you managed to also sneak in Arkell's reference after uh, taking was, that whole thing it off. Was, with, it was with Hero's out. Yeah. No, but you still managed to get that knock oh, at the door. I didn't thing even, in there. Uh, happy yeah. accident. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't think, and, and I don't know if that can be, and all eyes are going to be on Seattle to replicate that. I don't know if it can be replicated. I, I don't think it can. And because re- a lot of teams, well, one, you've got, you've got to deal with the fact that for the first time in a long time, you had players, you had millionaires in their early 20s yeah. going into Las Vegas to do a job and and not and but so so there's a couple there's a couple things there that I think are gonna are, are a little the bit. What are they gonna do in Seattle? No, no, but <laughs> I, I think there's a couple things that are gonna be a little bit different. Um, one is that yeah, you've got um, you've got the Vegas the Vegas hangovers. Um, teams, I I think I saw a record too where it's not just the Vegas record; it's teams playing road games 
after Vegas on a road trip are their their record is just dog shit. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like thirty five and a hundred or something. The first time um, they sent the Leafs to Vegas, it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's just. I thought there'd be guys not showing up for the game, man. Yeah. But but the other thing is like you know so they so Vegas has that advantage of that's their hometown and it's a hell of a hometown to have people come into and just be like. Well, Buzz, what do you have to, like, you know, yeah. the, the game is the last, this is a, one of the least concerns for a lot of these guys, especially the first season where there was like a bit of a novelty to it. Like it's, we're in, we're in Vegas on, on a work trip. Yeah. Um, and you yeah, know, a lot of work gets done in Vegas. And, on and a work so trip. I, so, you know, Seattle's not going to have that. The other thing they will for Tyson Berry is a big Pearl Jam guy. So the first time he goes to, <laughs> but, he's going to flip out, but Seattle's not going to have that. And the other thing Seattle's not going to have is the benefit of being that first mm. first time through this. And so so the thing is is that now that the expansion draft with a single team in this cap era where you can just get rid of guys um and without buying them out, you can just let like like let them let them be open to the draft, mm. you know, goalies whatever it might be, since all that's there, teams have learned from how it happened with Vegas where I don't think anybody expected that even with Oh, we're gonna make someone so safe. Like you knew that they were gonna get Flurry, well, but you didn't know that Flurry was gonna just like that. you didn't know they were gonna have to give him a pick. Like they had to give him. So uh, essentially, Pittsburgh was like, yeah, they're, they're probably gonna take Flurry. The GM was like, we're not taking him. You got to give us something to take him. So yeah. they had to give him. A, I think it was a fourth or a fifth. Yeah, they had to give the same thing. They took a guy from Florida, and who they got from Florida to take him, I believe, was Carlson, Wild Bill. I think that's how they ended up with Wild Bill Carlson. Yeah, because it's Marsha Show. Yeah, I think they got they got them in a yeah, the package like, deal. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that like, was the thing is 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 so they put together this ragtag team that had nothing to lose and everything to prove yep. um you had un- james neal was there unfortunately there was also and, and i say unfortunately because i mean there was the, the a shooting like a mass shooting oh, one of yeah. the, that was that happened just before the season started that just gave that team also um you know it, it just it you know it, it's one of those things that when, when a tragedy strikes a city like that there is there is undoubtedly a sense of community that comes out of it and and you know the team had something to kind of want to Want want to do for the city is like by not just going out and being shit hauled by everybody all year. They had not only something to prove to themselves by being a, a bunch of outcasts. Is Derek they also had their captain? Was he named their captain? I don't know if they. He's have a from captain. there. I don't know. Yeah, he was. He was from there too. I thought he was. A, I'm not even sure if they. Like, I don't think I, they I, do have a captain, but I remember. I, I remember like the the like that shooting took place maybe four or five yeah, days. Yeah, no, before. he was he was a um he was like their ceremonial captain. And he it was, was like four for a lot five of days stuff, before they've never. Season kicked off. They've never had it. They've never had a captain. They haven't had a captain in their. Um, They're supposed to have a third jersey coming this year, and I haven't seen anything on it yet. And I'm pretty excited. We're getting late in the season here. Yeah, for for, um, for a third debut. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's not coming. But but anyway. Um. But just to get back, because of all the le- <laughs> what I'm saying is that there was a lot of of things that added up for the anomalous perfect storm that was the Vegas Golden Knights making it to the Cup final in their first season. I don't think the Seattle Kraken are gonna are gonna. Oh, you're calling them the Kraken? Eh? I, I'm just doing it as a joke because oh. it, apparently it leaked that it's most it's it's the it's the head-on favorite. Um, I don't know if I like it. I'm not a big fan of sports teams having non like pluralized S's. named. I like it. I, I I like the S's. It just it, there's something about it. It's Seattle Mustangs. Seattle Thunderbird would be nice. But <laughs> there's um, Thunderbirds. Yeah, Thunderbirds would be all right. I Mustangs think Mustangs is my pick. Mustangs my is, is uh you know there, there's a bunch there's a bunch of options and stuff. I think 
I think it is probably at this point cracking. Um, but uh, I don't I don't like it because it feels too much like a. Is um, there even a fucking ocean in Seattle? Yeah, they're on the Pacific. Oh, okay. Um, but right. um, my geography is not good. Eh? It, clearly, <laughs> um, but it's also it's one of those like it's one of those things where it's just like Seattle Kraken to me feels like it's a fucking XFL team. You know, it's it's the XFL started today. I eh? know, but it's it's it, it feels like an XFL team. It feels like. It feels like, um, you know, in a, it, it, like the Seattle Kraken to me feels like a team name that you would get in a video game that where you play hockey, but they couldn't license NHL Mutant teams. Mutant Hockey League for the Sega Genesis. You know, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Blades of Steel. It's, you know, it's one of those, like, they couldn't license the NHL team, so they made up fake ones. And that's what Kraken to me feels like as a team name. Um, uh, I, I don't think they go with it. I think it's... Is it Kraken or Kraken? I think it's Kraken. Kraken is, yeah, that's how I pronounce it's it. A, it's a Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Oh, is it? I've never myth, seen it. It's a mythological creature. I can call it what I want. I've never seen um, the Pirates movies. It's in the first one. It's got a it's really oh, good crack. Okay. first or second one has a really good Kraken line. Um, but <laughs> yeah. They're cracking jokes, you could say. Yeah. I'll say for everybody. One second. <laughs> I just flew. I just tossed an index card if anybody, if anybody cares. Oh. I need that index card back. Um... <laughs> Yeah, our our tight notes are on that index. Card. This is a stack of of blank empty blank cards. index cards that I keep on my desk um, that I haven't written anything on. I have your two. desk is looking mighty clean today. Eh? <sighs> I'm trying. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a lot of time to clean it over the last month. Ten. While we, you know, we had ten days off and shit. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just I don't think Seattle is going to be. I don't think Seattle is going to have the secrets out too. You got coaches yeah. going in saying, "Listen, they're ready for us." It's not like we all thought last time was going to be a joke and they're going to be terrible. They're ready for us. Yeah, and that's exactly uh, it. I think know. I think it's a fool me once, shame on you thing. Um, and I don't think I don't think Seattle is going to have as easy a time as the, not to say the Vegas Golden Knights had an easy mm. time, but it seemed that way. And but what I was basically yeah. saying is like. There's a lot of things that that management system did that made them seem really smart, and especially like with all their castoffs and 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 and. and bargain basement players they were getting out of this expansion draft they were still going and being like well you want to get rid of this guy anyway so like give me something else for him too and like all this kind of shit and it's McPhee like, is the gm there correct george um, McPhee? yeah i feel he is i feel the quote was in like december no he's not he's not who was he the is GM? not it's kelly mccrimmon it was mcphee yeah it was for that yeah mcphee is it, yeah it was mcphee for the draft situation yeah and mcphee is now the was, president of the team right his quote was anyone who wants to talk to us about the expansion draft this was in like december yeah we're open for business call me more or less saying like this is what i expect to be taking from yeah. you he also came out and said that uh, i like that they're on their second gm but still on their first, they still haven't had a captain, but they're on their second yeah. jam. There was they're also a, on their second coach, but haven't had, a captain. haven't had a captain. And I think it's, I think it's ironic too, that like, like the Gallant DeBoer uh, debacle um, happened under McCrimmon. It's, uh, it's, it, it happened. Um, it happened as soon as, as kind of, it was like one of the first main moves that they made as soon as, um, like uh, as soon as the uh, the kind of the shift happened in their GM, um, not long after, like this was a major move that McCrimmon made. To just be like, I'm not George McPhee, and people are like, you should you should try to be you George should, McPhee. You should probably be George McPhee. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the things that I uh, thought was really interesting reading about um, 
George McPhee, speaking of him, was he talked about after the uh, after after the expansion draft, he talked about how frequently they had the exercise of having a mock draft internally yeah. during that season, and it was it was like at least one a month leading up to that whole like one a month the whole season of them going through and having a mock draft. Yeah, and I was like, that's a lot of because like I don't even think the fellas that crews and patrol HF boards were having them that frequently, yeah. man. Like that is a lot of, uh, a lot of mock drafts. It is a lot. It is a lot of anything really. Yeah. Um, and this has been a lot of talk about. Yeah. No kidding. What um, are we out here? We're a little over two hours All right. and, um, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know where else to go, man. We talked about, I mean, I'm still kind of weirded out by this Vegas, the, the moves that they've made have just, they're just weird to me. I understand the Sharks getting rid of the boar. I don't understand getting rid of Gallant. I'm telling like you, man, it's a, that weird galaxy brain thing that had happened last year in St. Louis, and maybe why I, not know, us? And I think so. And I, and I think that so many teams were making coaching changes, and now for various reasons. It's a, tri a trickle-down effect. It's, it's a trickle-down, and it's just like, you know, kind of one of those, do we think the grass is greener? Like, do we think... That do we think the, that the fact that it's Pete yeah. DeBoer though, like Vegas has only been around for two years, and that's they've the got rival. one rivalry. Yeah. They've they've been able to in this in this time they've been able to naturally manifest one rivalry, and they stole the, and they, you know, they go got the coach and grab now. that coach. It's a, it's kind of I I don't know I I can't imagine being a player on the Vegas Knights and you find out that Gallant gets fired. Which is like, wow, Jesus, really? And uh, Christine Simpson was working the game. This is a good one I picked up on 31 Thoughts, the podcast. Christine Simpson was working that game, uh, the Vegas game that was on Hockey Night in Canada leading up to that, and logged on to the Vegas website just like last minute before they hitched a flight and saw that there was uh, uh, that headline. Mm -hmm. So she phoned, I think, Elliot Friedman and said, like, do you have any contacts with the Vegas Knights? Because I think their website's been hacked, <laughs> which, which I was like, yeah, I, I, that'd be about the same. Like yeah. I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, well, that's obviously a fake account. Then I yeah. saw the verified. I was like, whoa, Jesus. yeah. But like, you know, Aaron Ward was a verified account. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't know. I was yeah, blocked, blocked for a hundred years. <laughs> I said, I said one thing about him hating Newfoundland. And, he like fired me twenty DMs and then blocked me. Did he really fire you oh, bunch of DMs? Man, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I think a bunch of Newfoundlanders got after him for something. Yeah. I was one of them and uh, and it all went it knows? all went crazy. Who knows? Uh but on that I think I think we're gonna I think we're good. Uh I gotta I gotta do some cleaning up. We got to booze lose it tonight. Brendan Dillon is my guy, and I will accept no one else. All right. Um, are you coming to Tabuzalooza? I'm trying to get you on the record recorded. I'm, I'm going to try to beat it to Boozalooza. <sighs> So uh, it's Leafs and Habs night, man. Yeah, it's, I know, but we can, we can, we can. Uh, watch, we're we're gonna have a TV on in, in, at the house. I've, but uh, I've so got for, anybody, for anybody plans. who doesn't know, we just do me and me and my wife have been throwing this party. For, she started. She was throwing it long before we were together. Um, I think it's this is probably the tenth or eleventh Tabuzalooza, wow. uh, where it's uh, a bunch of our friends come over. We live very close to a, a, a very large sliding hill, and a bunch of our friends come over, um, get loaded, and then go sliding. How many injuries? I don't know if there's been anything. Wow. I don't know if there's any on the books. <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you this. If I come, there's no chance I'm going anywhere near a, 
a tuboozaloozle? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be tricky. We got a lot of rain yesterday. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I went. There's I supposed to have been some flurries, so we'll see what happens. But um, I went to my folks. Uh, my folks have been. I said worst case scenario, we hang out at the house and drink. It's yeah, like, I, I went to clear uh, some snow there. My folks been out of town for ten or eleven days, and uh, boy, it's not snow anymore. It's the first time I had to use a sledgehammer to clear a driveway. Oh. Yeah, it was. Oh. I got some. I got some looks in their neighborhood because I went there immediately after I left the gym. So I'm in like my sweats and an oversized hoodie with a sledgehammer, <laughs> and they're like, "Can I help you?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm just clearing my uh, my dad's house for when he gets back into town." They're like, "What's with the sledgehammer?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just it's this is nothing but ice." Dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a scene. Yeah, um, th- gross. Um, also, if anybody noticed, uh, I forgot to actually throw to sponsors uh, at any point during this like two hour just rant we've gone on. So uh, they might have come in at various points rather abruptly, because um, <laughs> I still had to put them in there. I just this forgot is, to say it. Now a word from our sponsor. Um, but yeah, so they they probably showed up. And uh, but anything else you want to? Uh, you're good. Oh, well, I'm good. I think uh, if you've made it this far. Thank you for tuning thank in. Thank you for tuning in, uh, as always. If uh, you've missed us, thank you for missing us. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Mike Hickey at Hickey Comma Mike on all this stuff. I am Charles Pickett at Smokes Indoors on all uh, the stuff. Terry is at Terry Ryan twenty on Instagram twenty twenty on or no you I, got no, it no, 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 no yeah, yeah twenty twenty on Instagram because vision and it's a visual medium and he didn't even make that as a deliberate thing but I noticed it um, and I still fuck it up. But uh, he's Terry Ryan twenty twenty on Instagram. Terry Ryan twenty on Twitter. Uh, he's we are probably on the ice right now. We are. If he's not, he's definitely in the room with his fucking boombox going. <laughs> um, we are at three mi podcast and all the stuff. But chances are you knew that if you're listening this late into things. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's so good to be back. We will be back again very soon um, with some other stuff to talk about and shout out you about hockey. Thank you very much, Doctor. So Worst crowd, worst crowd